pot of gold. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of Ramble by the River. My guest on the podcast today is a stress management coach, a yin yoga instructor, and owner of North Jetty Brewing. She is a prominent local community member, and she has been one of my most requested guests. I had a great time getting to know her on this episode and learning about some of the impacts she's had in this community, all over this community, really, in several different ways. Her name is Michelle Svensson, and that interview is coming right up. But first, an explosive story out of East Palestine, Ohio. This article comes to us from CNN. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. It's been nearly three weeks since a train carrying hazardous materials derailed in East Palestine, Ohio, sparking a days-long fire. The wreck spewed toxic fumes into the air, contaminated soil, and drove the townspeople out of their homes. Despite officials lifting a previously enforced evacuation order five days after the derailment, residents have reported a number of ailments, from rashes to nausea to trouble breathing. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency is ordering Norfolk Southern to handle and pay for all necessary cleanup after its freight train derailment led to an intentional release of vinyl chloride to help avert a more catastrophic blast. I'll explain that. Oh, I guess that's it on the CNN article. Wow, guys, I feel like you could do a lot better. Yeah, so speaking of which, coverage of this disaster has been very poor in the mainstream national news. Basically, a train carrying hundreds of thousands of gallons of hazardous chemicals, highly toxic chemicals that cause death and cancer and all kinds of terrible things. And the train derailed because it was not managed properly and it spilled. And there were cars filled with vinyl chloride, which is a very highly toxic substance. And vinyl chloride boils at a very low temperature, so it's pressurized and travels as a liquid. But when this train derailed, some of these containers were punctured, and so that with a hole in it, that pressurized liquid comes spewing out. And since it's under pressure, it's coming out fast, and it turns immediately into a gas. So this company decided that the best case scenario to avert that disaster would be just to light these on fire because it could have caused a much bigger explosion or something. It was terrible. It was a really poor management. I don't know. It's not being covered all that well and there's dead fish in all the streams and rivers for miles and miles around. People's pets are dying. People's paint on their cars has been melting off from acid rain. Their tap water is sizzling. The, it's got cloudy white stuff in it. It's, it's really bad. The rain smells like bleach. It's bad. It's bad over there. And a large portion of our country's food supply is grown right in that region. Google the pictures of it and look at that cloud and then tell me if you live there, you would go back. I think I, if, if this happened in my town, I might just grab my family and grab what few things we could and leave and just never come back. It's it's a bad event. This is people are talking about it like Chernobyl. It's that contaminated. Anyway, I don't mean to freak you out, but this is something to be aware of. And it really just feels like the people who are in charge of keeping us safe do not care. They're way more interested in keeping these big companies like Norfolk Southern and Pfizer safe. That's who they care about, because as soon as they're done being regulators, they're going to go take jobs at those companies as consultants and as 
well, who gives a fuck as fake jobs that they don't even have to do anything because they already did their work being corrupt representatives, allegedly. Uh, you might be able to tell. I'm feeling a little bit jaded about the whole thing. I'm sick of it. With the amount of wealth that is in this country overall, we should have a lot fewer problems. So much of the energy, the collective energy of our country, the best and brightest of our country, a lot of their energy goes towards making rich people richer and beyond creating profit for people who don't really need it, they provide no value. They're not making people's lives better. Anybody, including the rich people who they're making richer, how does that help them at all? After a certain point when your needs are met, it doesn't do anything. You hit a point of diminishing returns on wealth. So send some thoughts and prayers to the people of East Palestine, Ohio. And actually for that matter, the people of regular Palestine too. It seems like it's kind of rough for them as well. Yeah, this stuff is stressful. It's stressful. It really can get to you. The world's full of suffering, it's full of pain, but it's also full of beauty. There's so much to be happy about. When you think of everything that exists, we're pretty lucky to be here. I had this thought yesterday. If you took every single human that has ever existed, every human that's ever lived, that has ever walked this planet, and you put them all in one room, obviously it'd be a big room. Now let's say you just got randomly dropped into the middle of the group. It would be a really long time before you'd bump into somebody who had a better life than you. If you're listening to this right now, you probably have a smartphone. You probably have a car. You probably have a place to live. A lot of this stuff puts you in the top tier of wealth in human history. There's been a lot of shitty situations throughout the past, and we're pretty lucky. So think about that the next time you're bitching. I certainly do. Because it... We get used to everything, so we find a new baseline and we just adjust. We don't really have any control over whether or not we appreciate what we have, but it's nice to just at least, on an intellectual level, know how good we have it. All right, all right, I'll quit preaching at ya. If you want to get a hold of Ramble by the River on social media, you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Ramble by the River, and on Twitter at Ramble River Pod, and also I'm on TikTok at Jeff dot nesbit 88 i have been liking tiktok lately i will admit that the kids got something right i don't even care that the chinese are using it to control and manipulate us all i mean i care a little bit i kind of do care a little bit it does seem like that's probably likely to be the case but who cares i guess i just covered that i do care a bit uh, but yeah more than likely they're giving the chinese the good version of TikTok that makes you smarter and they're giving the Americans the one that makes you dumber and probably fatter. But boy, those kids can dance. Allegedly. I don't actually get any dancing on mine. My guest today is a woman of many talents. She is the owner of North Jetty Brewing. She teaches yin yoga, breath work, and stress management techniques as a stress management coach. And she even teaches lessons in how to do human resources for a small business. This woman can do it all. We had a great conversation. We talked about how her and her husband got to this community, how they started North Jetty Brewing. She explained what yin yoga is, talked about breath work and stress management techniques. From beginning to end, this is a great conversation, and I really enjoyed getting to know Michelle.
After a quick message from our sponsor, we'll get to the show. This episode of Ramble by the River is brought to you by Ford Electric, 360-642-2137. Serving Southwest Washington since 1944, Ford Electric is the local standard for quality electrical work and outstanding customer service. But don't just take my word for it. Richard H. went to Yelp to say that the Ford Electric team were prompt, careful, explained things well, left clear instructions, and were generally cheerful. They actively planned to minimize any inconvenience to me, and they worked hard to make the new outlets work well and look good. Alan P. said, In less than an hour, Ford came in and repaired the broken thermostat on my baseboard heater, and then upgraded three of my old fluorescent lights with cool new LED disc lights. Thank you for another great service call. You guys rock! Jessica M. had this to say, Very nice staff. You could tell this place is family owned, in a good way. And that's really cool. Everyone I worked with seemed to really care about the level of service that they provided. Very helpful in figuring out what I really needed, since electrical work is not my area of expertise. And making sure I understood what was going on. We'll definitely use them again. Five stars. Five star review after five star review. All of them saying how wonderful it is to work with Ford Electric. Whether you're in need of someone to wire your new construction project or you need someone to call when the lights go out, go with Ford Electric. Call 360-642-2137 to schedule your electrical service today. I can tell you from personal experience, I know the guys who work for this company, I know the guys who own this company, and they are top of the line, cream of the crop, human beings. If you call them and schedule something, you're gonna get the best service available, and that's just a given. So don't make the mistake of going with somebody else. Call Ford Electric today for your electrical service in Southwest Washington. One more time, that's 360-642-2137 for Ford Electric. Without further ado, please give it up for the fearless, yet calm, Michelle Svensson. Harrison we can use as a coaster. Cool. Because this table is actually two small tables made to look like one. <laughs> so if you set a beer here, it might fall on Okay. There. And I, um, so I brought you some, but I brought me a hot water. I brought you a hot water too. Cool. Um, we make hot water now. Right on. So what's hot water? Hot water is just water, a little bit of, I think these are like those hops and a little bit of lactic acid just to mm. kind of keep the pH low. We call it slow your roll. Uh -huh. So you get a little bit of the hop flavor. It's it's carbonated. It's fun to drink. And um, I've never heard of it. Yeah. So it's been fairly popular. And uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for coming. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, I'll introduce you real quick. This is uh, Michelle Spent. Svensson? Svensson. Svensson. Yep. What's the origins of that name? Danish. Danish. Interesting. Michelle Svensson, and she's here to talk about her 
or two businesses, two businesses. and whatever else comes up. But first, <laughs> we're going to talk about some beer and hop water. Yep, beer and hop water. So I own North City Brewing uh, with my husband, Eric, and we are just about ready to have our ninth anniversary party in April. Uh, we have a beer releasing that our first beer we ever made was Mad Viking, and we released it at the Rue 10 years ago that same weekend. So we're going to have a re-release of our first beer we ever made. So that'll be fun. Uh, and that'll be four to six at the Rue. Right on. Yeah, time flies. That oh, went by quick. Man, real quick. I remember when I heard you guys were opening up. That was exciting. Yeah, it's it's been a wild ride. I If you would have asked me when Eric and I met 15 years ago, where do you see your, yourselves? It was not living at the coast. It was not owning a brewery. Mm-hmm. It, I don't know. It's It's been very fun. So it was unexpected. It was unexpected. Uh, we did move to the beach. Uh, we bought a beach house and we ended up moving here. We bought it in 07 and we moved here in 10. And then I opened up a cleaning company mm. called Tidy by the Sea. And my husband was a CPA. He was a CPA for 20 years and he was a home brewer. And uh, the Rue wanted to have their own beer on tap. So they started this little brewery. Well, they started brewing. And, okay, well, they got the equipment to brew. And they weren't able to figure out how to use it. So they brought my husband in. And he has been the brewer. He had been the brewer ever since. And when they decided that they didn't want to do it anymore, we took over. So was it always at the same facility? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And uh, we ended up, when we took it over, we bought the building. We bought the lot behind it. We expanded so the brewery is in the building, in the front building. We have some storage in the second building, uh, kegs, keg washing, grain. And then my office is in that big giant fence behind the brewery. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah and that's for my other business <laughs> in my spare time. Uh, yeah, I definitely want to get into that one. <laughs> uh, I have lots of questions about that. Um, but before we move on from the brewery, um, how'd you come up with the, the name Mad Viking? Where does that come from? So my husband did everything as Mad Viking, uh, like barbecue sauce, home brewing, stuff like that. Um, when we took over North Jetty, and North Jetty was the DBA that they had chosen, we wanted to change it to Mad Viking, but there is a brewery in Denmark. And... They don't have a federal trademark here, but they sell beer here. Mm. And the lawyer was like, eh, just Not stay away from that or you're going to have to rebrand. And so we just stayed with uh, with North Jetty. Yeah, it's it's pretty unique. You don't yeah. see a lot of other competitors trying to be North Jetty. Nope. <laughs> I was wondering if it was like you guys were either big fans of the Minnesota Vikings or maybe you were Western Washington University alumni like no, myself. Uh, most people want to know if we're from New Jersey because the NJ logo. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's actually a JN logo. <laughs> my name's Jeff Nesbitt. Perfect. <laughs> it actually works out great. Well, flip it. Yeah. It would be. I mean, they're kind of like overlaid, so it's, sure. it's you can you can make the argument. You could. You could. Um, yeah, I like, I'm like. i on the North Jetty Brew Crew. Are you? Very yeah, the, the Hood to Coast team. Very I good. have done that for a few years. And uh, yeah, so I got a little bit of a soft spot, spot for North Jetty. It's a, <laughs> it's a cool local... Uh, institution. Thank you. I'm glad it exists. I think in 2018, I'm pretty sure it was 2018, we were voted best beer bar in Washington. And that's like a reader's choice poll. Oh, right on. So that was really fun. Yeah, it is really good beer. And it's a nice atmosphere in there. And the fact that you guys can, we can bring kids in in there until a certain time is is really nice. Yeah. And then the, the patios have been really great for people with their pets. So the front oh, yeah. patio, the side patio. Yeah, that's like a Pacific Northwest staple. Mm-hmm. And trying the to bring side dogs patio is getting a TV. Oh, cool. We're going to have a TV out there. 
you're going to have to bring it in every night. Mm, it's going in a theft-proof, waterproof case. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. How, how about the sound? Uh, it'll be, a, we have speakers okay. that are currently running. I know the technology exists. I'm just yeah, curious. So. Yeah. Probably those rock speakers that look like rocks you put outside. Mm, they're right up in the oh, rafters. Nice, nice. Yeah. yeah. When you guys' business started, it, it was a similar, I mean, maybe within a few years of like, um, several cool hospitality businesses that started up in the community. Like mm. the world mark came in probably a few years before and then like we had a drift and salt eventually popped up and just like seemed like all these places kind of took off it within the same seven or eight yeah. years yep and it had a huge impact on this community oh it like, made living here a whole lot easier too and just yeah more bearable mm -hmm. there's more stuff to do more places <laughs> to eat and the, it's not it's food that has some character too like the especially yeah. salt and pickled fish i love salt food their food's really great yep and um, it's not like everybody else. That's the cool thing about it. Salt is the only place I can get polenta. Oh, yeah. See, there you go. <laughs> I remember when it was the Harbor Lights. Yep. And I loved yep. it then. <laughs> that was my yep. place. My and dad had a body shop right around the corner, and that's where we would go. Very good. I'm up there doing the yoga. That's what I was just going to ask about. I saw that advertisement. Yep. And I'm actually in the uh, Coast Weekend Best Yoga Studio. Oh, cool. Without a yoga studio. <laughs> so where in there do you do it? <laughs> On the top floor. So just where it used to be the bar? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Cool. And then it kind of put the idea in my head, maybe I do need a yoga studio. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that seems like something as long as you have the space, you can make it into a yoga studio. Like it doesn't require a lot of equipment. It doesn't require any. I have all the equipment. I just need a space. Some foam and mm -hmm. that's about it. Just like a rug, yeah. a heater. And I have everything else. That's cool. How, how was the turnout for your first session? Do you do that on Valentine's Day, right? Uh, no. So I've been doing it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Valentine's Day, I just pushed it a little bit more because it was going to be a really cool one. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. and that one, I had 14 people the night before. And by the next morning, five of them were either COVID, oh, sick no. kids, or one was stuck in Portland. <laughs> Everybody has been getting that stomach, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah, it's a bummer. I hate that. But it's just part of life. It is part of life. Yeah. Especially in the coastal areas in this time of year, everybody's getting sick. But yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So what's an ideal class? Like for, are you teaching the classes too? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could just be an administrator for all I know. I'm just getting the details so, right. So like for North Jetty, I do, I we have a great manager. We have an amazing brew team right now and just super happy with how we're set up right now. So it allowed myself and my husband some free time to do pursue other avenues mm -hmm. so eric is substitute teaching loving it and then i started my coaching business so personal development stress management coaching i started that last year and it's doing really well um, i'm pretty curious about that yeah i'm adding so i added the yin yoga classes because it goes with the stress management um and i've had i think seven or eight classes and they've all gone really smoothly um i've really enjoyed it and then I'll be adding in breathwork and ice therapy late summer, early fall. Cool. Yeah. And so, and is that going to be like a session you will book with individuals or like a class? I'm going to do group. I, I mean, if you wanted to do an individual, you can, but I'm going to get two um, portable ice baths mm. and I'll do like up to eight people for breathwork. I've mm -hmm. got an hour worth of breathwork and then two at a time in the ice. Cool. What's your favorite breathwork protocol? I love teaching people how to calm down. Oh, that's I love, a, that's a good one. love, love how your body and your breath work together to 
calm your nervous system. So I use that a lot. I did have a, I made a little mistake a couple of weeks ago, a very expensive mistake. Uh-oh. And now you have a tin tacker. I ordered oh, way too many of them. So Right on. Uh, mistake for my benefit. Yeah, but there was cool. no amount of breath work that could calm me that day. <laughs> uh, you say you ordered too many? A pallet showed up. Oh, man. Yeah. And uh, how many were you after? Well, we weren't exactly sure, but I okayed a thousand of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a, a lot. That uh, is a lot. So I had a hard time with the breath work that day. Even all of my calming breath work knowledge was not... Do you have a plan for them? Yes. Uh, so we passed out 500 of them to our distributors. We have distributors all over Washington and Oregon, four distributors. So we gave them each, you know, tons of tackers to just mm-hmm. put everywhere. And they will be raffle prizes for the rest of North Jetty. Cool. That's my guess. <laughs> also, they like they look like they're aluminum, right? Yeah, they're you really can make cool. a clock out of that so oh. easily, or a, any kind of craft stuff. Yeah, like, a, a little house for my granddaughter. Yeah, but I mean, really like branded stuff that would look really cool if you. I mean, I'm sure you've got ton of extra spare time on your hands for right. crafting. Yeah, when I'm not doing all those other things, I also teach small businesses HR for hiring. Oh, really? So. Why? Uh, it's what I've done for 15 years. I have, but it's so miserable. Right. And that's why you'll not see it on my website and you will not see it on my <laughs> business card. It's not my favorite thing to do, but... I hope you charge exorbitant fees. I don't. I probably could, but I don't. I help them. I create their handbook, their accident prevention plan, their hazard assessment, all the forms that they need to get. That is important stuff that is very tedious and hard to do. And in this community, I want to see what I I do this because I want to see people thrive. I want to see people succeed. And whether that's personal development, business mindset, or just having a successful business, Mm -hmm. however I can help, that's what I want to do. And I want to do it at a reasonable price. So I take a couple clients at a time Mm -hmm. for the business side of it. And I work with them and we get them all up and running or if they already have employees and haven't done these things then we kind of backtrack <laughs> yeah we get them compliant wow that sounds like a like a it would be a full-time gig i only take two at a time because because i want my priority is my coaching customers my clients and um i'm really enjoying the yin yoga classes i bet teaching those um just sounds calming even just thinking about it oh my gosh it. everybody's like you do yin yo- you teach yin yoga you're so high strung and so full of energy and I get on the mat and it's, I just, it all stays behind. So what is the distinction that makes it yin yoga as opposed to other types? So yin, so you have yin and you have yang. The yin is kind of the cool, slow version where flow yoga is more like the warm, the fast, not fast moving, but it flows. So yin yoga, you're, you're compressing and you're putting positive pressure on your joints, your fascia and your ligaments. I've never even heard of that. That yeah. sounds awesome. So you get into a pose and you, we have, I have all the props. I have blocks, bolsters, straps, blankets, all of it. You get into a pose, you let gravity just pull you down in that pose. And with my class, I keep them there about three minutes. And if you go to any, like a studio where you're going to do it, you're probably going to be three to seven minutes in a pose. Mm-hmm. But as you're putting that pressure on your fascia, you're releasing all that tension that's built up and mm-hmm. held there. And then when you come out of the pose, it kind of has the, the recoil. And it's just, it's beautiful. That sounds amazing. And then in each pose, so I start, each class has a topic, I guess. Um, And then in each pose, I give them something to think about why they're in the pose. And they just kind of meditate on that for a few minutes. Like what would be an example? Uh, So this, on the Valentine's Day class, um, it was, it was all women. And I, like the first pose I talked about, we did a lot of shoulder work because we tend to hold the weight of the world 
right here. We think we have to be perfect and we think we have to, that we have to run the house and we have to be good, you know, good moms and good neighbors and good employees and good bosses. And we have to be perfect and got to do it all. We got to do it all and we ought to do it perfect. And so we did a lot of um, thinking about how we could let some perfection go, um, how we could be more compassionate with ourselves, and sank into these poses. That's awesome. So it's, it's, I hate yoga. Uh, let me just start mm-hmm. with that. I'm not, I don't hate it in a way like that I think it's dumb or anything like that. I think it's amazing. I hate doing it because I'm terrible at it. <laughs> I, I have hypermobility and it, it makes it to where I have super stiff muscles and really loose joints, which is not a great combo. Sure. And um, so when I'm doing yoga, I, I really struggle to get into just into position to even begin to stretch because like it takes me five minutes to load up correctly to into a pigeon pose so if i'm doing a video or something it, they just go on without me but that sounds slow and and more my style there is no correct position the correct position is what your body can do on that day at that time you know what i mean though about the feeling of, oh. of rightness within yep. your body how yeah. you like when you do hit it you're like oh, oh yeah that is the posture that my body is supposed to be in and then right. when you're not in it you feel that disconnect sure and, but you also um, have kind of that in a regular yoga class you're looking around a lot mm-hmm. and you're like oh am i in the right position and in yin yoga you feel your way into the position that so, sounds like exactly what i need it's come to a class so it's a class full of women. How do they Valentine's feel when a Day. big, stinky, sweaty dude Valentine's Day was all women. I actually haven't had a man yet. I'm looking forward I to it. I So I'm hesitant because it feels very much like I'm entering a space where I'm not welcome. No, you would be welcome. So the, I have a private class that is all women, um, probably 30 to 65-ish. Mm, that's a big class. No, I mean oh, age. 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 <laughs> I was like, oh, is there 14 even, people. Is there even that many women living on the peninsula? <laughs> uh, so that age group. And they they want this private class so they're not around other people. And that's yeah. great. And then the rest of the classes are public classes. So okay, I just my marketing sense. just kind of, I think, skews towards women somehow. I don't know. That, that market is a women's market. Yeah. And, I mean, it, especially, I mean, Rural communities seem to be about 10 years behind when it comes to new age stuff like that, which is not new age at all, but um, we think it is for some reason. Sure. I mean, how long it took sushi to get out here. Mm -hmm. And um, so for some reason, I think it's just still probably more women are into it. But And I am, I, so I'm a meditation coach and a breathwork facilitator and all that. And I love that when I'm watching all these videos, when I'm doing these classes, with the meditation and the breathwork part of it is mostly men. So mm. I'm I'm very impressed that there is that a, makes sense there is a part that is not feels like it's for mostly for women. Yeah. Have you uh done the Wim Hof protocol? I have done I have done the Wim Hof the the shorter trainings the, like the 3 minute thing. Uh well, I've even done the what is it was like a three, three week Oh, the Kinda, practitioner course? No, not the course. Because the course, you have, it's like $6,500 and you have yeah, to go to the Pyrenees or somewhere. And so I'm not going to make that money back mm-hmm. in this market. Yeah. Uh, I am in the Soma Breath course right now. And then I have two other facilitator certifications for breath work. Cool. Um, I imagine there's endless uh, oh, different there's ways you could do that. So many, so many breath work courses out there. And I liked, I chose the Soma Breath because. I like that movement of your body and your breath with the beat of the music. I don't know that one. So it's um, 
you're Hold breathing on, real quick before we get into it um i'm gonna turn off the fan it's starting to get a little chilly in here i'll be right back you'd think i never wear a headset before if they're uncomfortable and you don't want to wear them no no it's fine i just keep messing up my hair This feels like a social media moment. <laughs> I it should be. I'm terrible at making oh, that. I have the worst time with freaking personal stuff. It's easy. Personal yeah. stuff. I'm like all about Facebook. Not so much Instagram. But I don't do much with it. But when you actually are doing it for a business, you're supposed to post every day. I'm just like at least once. This but sucks. Usually like more. I have like I have the hardest time making content. <laughs> There's so many little internal conflicts I have with actually doing social media. Because they, the way it's structured now is that you basically work for the company. Mm -hmm. You're creating content for their platform as if you're a TV producer oh, or something. And they're like, oh, if you get 10,000, then we'll start paying you to make real. It's like, when yeah. did that happen? And there's like milestones. Like if you, once you get, like once you post your first 25 videos or something, then they'll push your content a little bit more That's for a little while. That's that dopamine hit. <laughs> exactly. They're giving you that variable rate yep. reinforcement structure. Yep. Um, okay. We never did go into that. We didn't go into that. Um, and then we'll come back to the Soma breath work because cool. that's, I want to hear about that too. Cool. All right. So what do we got here? I brought you several things and I brought you a cheat sheet. Oh, so cool. So you can see what they were. Cool. Decide what you wanted to try. And then I also brought you some goodies. I brought the kids a Frisbee. Right on. I brought you a hat. I brought peanuts because there's always free peanuts at the jetty. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Hop water is interesting concept. So, so that's what this is, and it is just water. It's non-alcoholic. It is no calories. It's just water. A little wow. bit of hot flavor. Crazy. I'm gonna try a beer first. I yeah. think. All right. So we got. What is this one? Man, my eyes have gotten so bad. So we've got graveyard, which we do every year. We've got spirit fingers, which is our hazy IPA that we typically can if we're gonna can a hazy. Beautiful cans. Thank you. Uh, our new Bone Shaker cans are going to get released on uh, our St. Patrick's Day pre-funk. And the same artist that did Keelhauled and Graveyard did the Bone Shaker. And then we have Beach Beer coming out in cans for the summer in 12-ounce cans. And he did that artwork as well. Cool. Is that a local guy? Where is he mm -mm, from? He's from, uh, I'm not sure if he's in Vancouver or Portland, but he does a lot. He does like Lewitt and Heathens cans. So local-ish. Well. Yeah. Pacific Northwest. Yeah. At this point, I consider Pacific Northwest local. Sure. Especially doing an internet show. Like, to somebody in the Midwest, we're definitely all Portlanders or sure, Seattleers. Sure. The Pacific Northwest has such a weird reputation on the internet, and I assume in the world because of what I can see on the internet. <laughs> but they think we're all just, like, hiking people, wet, white. Um, like, it's very, very stereotyped <laughs> sure. out here. And... Um, a lot of them are true. I was, I was going to say, which ones are? <laughs> it's pretty wet and it's pretty white. <laughs> and we hike a lot. Yeah, I love hiking. We hike, we camp. Oh, that is so good. So I'm yeah. tried the... Spirit Fingers. Spirit Fingers. Yep. We uh, rotate cans pretty regularly, or we had, and now we are, because we have a mobile bottler come in mm. and do it. It's actually really cool process um how does that work so they pull up in the morning and because we're you've seen have you seen inside, inside our brewery mm -hmm. it's not very big so the guys set up a giant tent 
in between the two buildings. The mobile bottler comes in. They put all their equipment in there. They put their can, their palletizer in the back building, and it just runs through the whole system, and our hoses hook right up to it. I have wondered where this stuff gets bottled. Yeah, so they this, it puts the stickers on right there, then it fills them, then it sprays them off, and then we take them out. We put the the Pactex on them and stack them up. Wow, that's a great process. Yeah. So does that... It's got to save a lot of money on overhead for not having to buy that oh, equipment. The equipment's ridiculous. We have nowhere to keep it, mm-hmm. uh, nor to store the cans. So they come with the cans. And actually, this next round, we are doing pre-printed cans. Oh, So wow. they won't even have to use the sticker. I did a little research on cans. I don't know why. But um, I know that the sticker is a notch below the printed on the can. And like the, the creme de la creme of cans is like the laser etched. Yeah, we're not doing that. Why but, would you? Why would you? <laughs> well, and cans are so hard to cut. These so look we, good alone. We do these crowlers. They are so hard to get. Like they're they're getting harder and harder and harder to get. So when it's a they nice looking can. When they can bring in the cans and have them either labeled or pre-printed, it makes our life so much easier. Yeah. Definitely. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, the mobile mobile thing has got to be the ticket. I'll show you a picture or a video. I've seen a tent back there before and wondered yep. what was going on. Yep. If there's a tent, we're canning. That's cool. Yep. And we're going to start canning every month because the distributors want more beer. Uh, they want more cans. That's kind of what's selling more right now. And you, when you're our size, you can kind of adjust with the market a whole lot easier. So they said we want more cans and we said, okay. So are you guys expanding what you're, how much you're bottling, how much you're brewing? Uh, not how much we're brewing. We're probably going to put more into cans just and less into the, draft. The ratio. Yeah. Yeah. In the summer, draft in the tap room is huge. Oh, it, I well, I mean, and it goes like Fort George distributes us, Bowie distributes us, um, CSB in Vancouver distributes us. What's the farthest out your distribution goes? Probably Hood River okay. on that side. And then we go all the way down to like Ashland and all the way up. I've seen your stickers on cars in Portland and Seattle. Yeah. Like I... Portland's, I see a, Portland's those a good and, market. Uh, Jake the Alligator Man stickers <laughs> all over the place. Yep. Portland's a good market for us because we're not Vancouver. Uh-huh. There's kind of that weird. It's it's starting to go away, but there was that kind of weird divide. Portland. The rivalry? Yeah, not a rivalry. It's just like kind of a get out of my neighborhood thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I oh, s- like the Bloods aren't going to drink y- the beer that y- the Crips made. Yeah, I see that kind of going away, but we've never experienced it because we're, we're a beach. Yeah. town like everybody comes here to have a vacation everybody has a good time here everybody sees north jetty and then they go home they're like oh i was just there you have that yeah. beer here so that that does work too yeah. Yeah, yeah it's been great for us the whole micro brew explosion that happened starting in like i don't know 2007 mm-hmm. eight uh was so much fun i I'm, i came into my adulthood at the perfect time to catch that because when i started high school most people were drinking shitty you know budweiser hams. bush hams grew up in bend <laughs> yeah. we had hams because i couldn't go to deschutes <laughs> hams is, i mean for cheap beer it's any just as good as any of the yep. other ones yep but then all of a sudden you had like it started small too like the widmer uh, brewery that that was the first one that i remember or um well the, there was like a alaskan amber the, mm-hmm. the ones that were i think at least eventually bought out by the bigger brands but they had that kind of um, more eclectic vibe mm-hmm. a little more smaller brewery vibe and then the actual small brewery started gaining traction and we started getting like Fort George and the the rogue stuff. And then uh, you guys popped up and I loved it. It was great. It was really cool to be a part of that and watch it kind of change the culture. Yeah, we actually, we got our house keys for our beach house. We lived in Vancouver and we got a little beach cabin. We got the keys the weekend of the big storm in seven. 
like oh. the big storm. Yeah. And um, we had, so we, when we started going back and forth, we'd always stop at Fort George. They had music, it was just the downstairs and they had music down there and we loved it. So it was fun to watch them grow. And then if you would have said to my husband, here's a silver platter, what dream job would you like on it? It just kind of fell into his lap. He, he just loves brewing. Yeah. He, so he, he home brewed for forever. Yeah. Did he have like a bunch of brewing equipment? Was your oh, garage stuff? His, so when I met him, uh, his whole garage was um, hard piped in the whole all grain the oh, whole he was, system. He had a brewery the already. Whole, the whole garage. So when we built a house together, I kind of kiboshed that. Really? Yeah. You killed his dream. Well, he was he was kind of not brewing so much. Um, life had happened. Well, I mean, he has a brewery now. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I feel like I encouraged his dream. Yeah, I, mean, I know. I'm... It, it was one of those things where he was a CPA. Mm -hmm. uh, when we moved out here, the wine shop, the cellar on 10th and WWC uh, accounting they're oh, over yeah, yeah, story. Yeah. So Mike Wallace, we came all the time and he offered us both jobs if we wanted to move here full time. And we had just built our house in Vancouver and hemmed and hawed for a minute. And they were like, yeah, let's just do it. Life's too short. Let's let's move to the beach and see what happens. And um, so he hadn't really he hadn't been brewing too much. And, and then this just kind of fell in his lap. And the Rue needed some beer. The Rue needed some beer. And the rest is history. Yep. So you guys have kids, right? Uh, I have three kids and I have seven grandkids. Wow. Yeah. Oldest is 12. That's oldest crazy. grandkid. I'm not going to ask you how old you are because I'm not supposed to. I I'm know that. 50. But that's insane. <laughs> I, I would turned not 50 have this guessed year. that. Wow. You're a grandmother. I'm a grandmother. That's, I have. Yeah. I would not have thought that. I've got two on the peninsula. My youngest daughter works at North Jetty. Oh. Uh, so she's got a three-year-old and a one-year-old. I have a daughter in Vancouver who has... My youngest, she just turned one, and uh, a nine-year-old, and then my son is in Klamath Falls, and there's three kids down there. Wow! So this was a major change. You did you have kids in the house then? Taylor when, was home. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah you were uprooting and, yeah. and really making a big change. She, yeah. How did you have? How did you do that? How did you find oh, the courage to do that? Um. So. Because you didn't have to. We didn't have to, but we kind of live our life with the the thought that you may not have it tomorrow and whatever you want to do if you have it in the means you know if you have the means to do it you probably should do it if it feels right and it feels good and um we live our we live our life that way we we work really really hard but we also take fun risks and sometimes big risks and um it's worked out so far i think that's if you're going to live the best life you have to do that yeah. and it's probably really scary and probably doesn't really ever get easy but that's the way to do it yeah i mean you can always make more money um you know we could avoid we we had our house for three years in vancouver and we rented it to some friends so mm -hmm. if it didn't work out we had a you know we could fall back on that um but we loved the community we came every weekend for two mm -hmm. years and we're like this is stupid we get here on friday we unpack the car we go buy crab we get the crab cooker out we do all this so yeah. it sucked you in. The and, community yeah. sucked you in. And then in. we clean the house on Sunday. We go home and we wish we were there for the rest of the week. So it, the people no were, yeah, the people were great. It, we're three blocks off the beach in Seaview. So we walked to the beach. My husband actually, this year he's walked every day three to six miles a day. Wow. Like rain, shine, hail, doesn't matter. He is a walking machine, but he walks to Beards Hollow and back. Does he come back from his walks with uh, good stuff to say? Oh, yeah. he's So he's into stoicism and philosophy right now. Okay. 
Yeah, I bet so, he does. And so between the two of us, we can look at we can look at things from both sides. So all the great geniuses and philosophers in history, all of them were walkers. They all took daily walks. It's like yeah. something about it really activates your brain. Like yeah. you can oh, think so it. clearly when you're walking. And I'm a fair weather person. So if it's sunny, I'll walk with him. Otherwise, I'm on the computer. I'm forever taking a new class or like just before I came here, I was doing a Greatness Academy at Lewis House. Mm. So I'm, I'm going through that program right now. Is that kind of like master class? Kind of. What is yeah. what is the Greatness Academy? Uh, it's teaching you like the business end of it. Like I know the self-help part of it. I've done the work. I For 10 years, I've been head first into doing the work and learning all of the tools. And that's why I started my business was so that I could save people time mm-hmm. and say, these are the tools that have worked for me. Let's see what works best for you. But here's how to do it in an easy, affordable way and whatever clicks with them, then they can keep going. Yeah. So if I can introduce them to, say, um, meditation and they, oh, I don't meditate. I can't meditate. I've tried meditating. Okay, well, I've tried meditating this way. Oh, no, I've never heard of that. The excuses for people who have, you know, quote unquote, tried meditating mm-hmm. and it doesn't work for them are so flimsy. They yeah. don't hold up Oh, I did the all. Calm app and I did a five minute meditation and it didn't do anything. Yeah, I didn't like it. I just, I, yeah. I just got bored. Well, that's... <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. That's part yeah. of it. That's exactly part of it. Yeah. I love meditation. I don't I don't do it nearly as much as I would like to, but it's very beneficial. Do you meditate often? Yeah. So I like it at night more than in the morning because in the morning when I wake up, I've got I've got my morning my mindful morning, I call it. That's your it. cortisol peak. <laughs> so I I do I do you know, I do some gratitude practice. I do some movement. Um I don't necessarily I don't exercise a lot. Like, I don't run. I don't do any of that. I probably should lift some weights now that I'm 50. I want to lose muscle mass. It would help you with muscle mass and yeah. bone density. Yeah. I brought little weights to my office, and they put my feet on them on the window. <laughs> Kettlebells are a good way to go. I bought they're, one. They're very, yeah. I mean, kind of portable, but sure. they're, yeah, they're, that's good for that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, in the morning, I do my mindful morning stuff, and I get ready for my day. I'm a big believer in how you start your day dictates how your whole day is going to go. Do you write? I journal a little bit. Uh, do you most, do that in the morning or at night? More like in the afternoon because I get, I have this weird period during the day. So I have my mindful morning and then I have typically matcha and I might, you know, go mm. in the hot tub or if it's nice out or uh, sit on the couch and read or something. And then I get to my office thinking, okay, I'm going to be super productive. So from like, If I don't have a client, and I don't schedule anybody before 10, but if I don't have a client from like 10 to 12, no matter how hard I try to be productive, it's it's not there. So that's a good time for me to like really work on my lists and work on what what I feel like, like how I feel my business is going and where do I want to see it go and like kind of just make these plans, adjust things, look at... That's your reflection time. Yeah, yeah. And then at noon, it just snaps and I am just a robot. I just work... I mean, it'll be five o'clock and I'll be like, oh my God, the day's gone. But look at all the stuff I got done. What time do you wake up? Nine. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm not a morning person. I know that already, just based on when, what you just said. Like, so Maybe 8.30 sometimes, but I'm out of the bed typically at nine. It doesn't, there's no shame in sleeping in. I love it. I there, love, there's no shame in it at all. I love my bed. I love being cozy. Um, there's also no shame in going to bed at eight o'clock. If that's what you're into. Sure. Uh, yeah, we're we're typically in bed. I'm in my pajamas usually by six. Um, 
but we're, I don't know, I'll go to bed about 10, 1030. Yeah. And then um, in the morning, like I said, I have my gratitude practice. I do all that in the bed. I do some, some, a little bit of stretching in the bed. I do some reflection. I do, I listen to podcasts. I listen to- Have you ever heard Andrew Huberman's podcast? I listen to it. I listen to it all the time. It's so good. I love him. One of the best. I love him. Yeah, he's great. I wish he was my dad. And then I just started listening to Thomas DeLauer. Sorry, Dad, if you heard that. I was just joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's not nearly old enough to be my dad. But um, yeah, he, he's very smart, and he's yeah. got a really good—he's got a really good handle on how the brain and the body work together, yes. and 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 the emotions and all that together. Well, neuroscience, neurobiology, um, epigenetics, neuroplasticity is my jam. Really, like, that's what I'm. Pa- I'm passionate about helping others, but I'm super, super passionate the breath work, but the the. The way that your brain controls everything and the way that you think controls your brain. Like, yeah, the interplay. It's fascinating to me. Okay, well, then I have a great question. Okay. So, it's really difficult to define things like perfect health. And people do it a myriad of different ways. And I personally don't think that there is any one definition that really could nail it down what it means. How do you define ideal health? And like, what does it mean to you? Like, what are the factors involved in how you would even begin to quantify that? And um, is it the same for every person or is it different? I think it's different for everybody because everybody's brain's different. Everybody's body is different. I think stress management is the key to health. Um, it, you know, breath work controls your blood pressure, controls, helps with your immune system, helps with all these things. Um, I think... If you know how to keep your nervous system in check, I think if you do eat fairly healthy, my husband and I fast, so we oh. intermittent fast. So we're um, I love fasting. So we do twenty four. So we don't eat for twenty hours a day, no calories at all, and then we eat for four hours a day. We've done it for six years. Um, I call that ratio the feast. <laughs> yeah, you eat everything it's in great. four hours, and I try to eat a giant salad, and I do get my phytonutrients, and I have a very selected set of supplements. Um, because I know certain things I'm not getting that I need, but um, you want to go over supplement stacks? <laughs> Seriously, we got time. It's, we're only 37 minutes in. I'd love to know what you take. <laughs> oh boy, I take a tray of them. Uh, a lot of I do like a lot. I like the uh, high end liquid vitamin Bs. Oh, vitamin Bs, crucial. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do a lot of mushroom, um, like lion's mane stuff. I do vitamin K. Potassium. I, mm-hmm, potassium, magnesium. I just started taking niacin. Oh, cool. <clears throat> um, so, and I don't add things in like a bunch at once. I add things in one at a time and thank God because I took a niacin because in the breath work, in the soma breath work, like when you get higher up in the instructors, they start having you take niacin because it opens, opens you up. up. Yeah. So I didn't know. Get a little that, itchy. That, oh, so I went to the, I took one and I went to the grocery store to grab something real quick. And SIDS is just a, you know, two minutes from my house. Mm-hmm. I'm in the middle of SIDS. I'm burning. Um, everything's bright red. bright red. Everything's itching. I'm just like, not sure what's going on. It didn't phase me until I got back in the car and looked at myself. And I'm like, oh my God, I yeah. just took a new pill. You were vasodilated. Yeah. I got on the, <laughs> I got on the, you know, I Googled it and it, apparently it's very good for you. Uh, and so now I take a third of a pill and I'm working my way up to a full pill. Yeah. So, but wow, that was, that stuff is effective though. 
It was it, uh, it shocking. It your blood vessels for <laughs> <It does>. sure. <laughs> I got home and my husband's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I have a giant bag of that stuff. It's super cheap. And mm -hmm. I put it in my mushroom stack. Mm -hmm. And because um, so I, I make this pill that's a mix of lion's mane, um, cordyceps, uh, one other mushroom and um, niacin. And it works extremely well, almost too well. Uh, if I take them for too long, I start to feel too connected to everything. Sure. Uh, so that it almost makes it to where I can't bear the reality of how much suffering is in the world. Sure. And well, because you feel so you feel everything. You feel so connected to everything. Yeah. Yeah. And and you see, you just see the whole spectrum of of what this thing that we are in is, mm -hmm. and how how connected and and inexorably connected we are to it. Well, and that's why they're doing all these treatments with the. With the MDMA and yeah. and psilocybin and yeah. yeah, when you really remove those barriers yeah. to understanding these kind of intrinsic truths, it really is beautiful yeah. and it's it's very beneficial too. Yeah. But yeah, so this stack that I made, uh, I got the idea from Paul Stamets, and it's a mix of these mushrooms that are it, nootropic and they're supposed to open up um, open up new synapses or or I don't remember. Oh yeah, no no, actually it was. Create new neural pathways. I wish I wish psilocybin was legal in this state um, mm -hmm. because I wish I could use that because there's been evidence that shows that it that it will uh, create neurogenesis. Yeah. So it, yep. it actually does make you smarter or yep. make you understand things better or whatever that. Well, you can even microdose, does. so you're not yeah. even it, it having the hallucinations. It only works if you yeah, microdose. You're not having the hallucinations. You're just with that regular rebuilding neural pathways and even with um your vision it helps with that yeah visual acuity yeah i think a hundred years from now we will have a vastly different understanding oh, yeah. of that chemical and we and we will say what were they thinking yeah they, they were overdosing solved, for they years solved all of these problems <laughs> the, the the fact that we have learned so much uh, off of what a microdose can do mm -hmm. the effects that it actually has in the brain over a long period of time mm -hmm. we didn't really know that until just a couple of years ago and if we would have known that 50 years ago right. we would be a lot further in our advancement of that science well, ptsd would be yeah you know. i mean it would have removed a lot of the years of stigma where people just when they hear about mushrooms they just see like a hippie and a like a hallucinogenic yeah. trip that where it's just crazy which also has its place they say pink floyd and Black exactly. lights and a poster. Exactly. <laughs> but it's, yeah, Wizard of Oz yeah. <laughs> and, and Dark Side of the Moon. But what, what the whole different thing is that the microdose is just, it's doing a different thing. It's not, mm -hmm. it's not giving you synesthesia right. where, where you see but you know sounds what? and feel colors. You do that and all with that. breath work. You don't yeah. need mushrooms for that. You I, release I your get own it DMT. When I'm completely stone sober. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> it's, uh, I, yeah, if I'm right when I'm falling asleep, no matter what uh, condition I'm in, I get synesthesia. I, I see sounds. So if, if somebody comes in the room and snaps their fingers, I'll see the sound come across the room. So we talked earlier about how much meditation I do. I do about an hour a day, pretty much every day, but it's at night. Mm -hmm. And so I can work myself up into with the vision, you know, like the, yeah, the purple the light and the state. swirling and, yeah. and um, releasing some of that DMT with the breath work and then going into a meditative state. So. That, yeah, that's, I, I love that. That's, that's probably a really great way to wind down at the end of the day mm -hmm. and just to enter that dream state in yep. a smooth way. Yep. Especially with like a yoga nidra where you're doing a body scan and mm. it's just, it, it's, it's yeah. beautiful. It really is. It really is. How'd you get in? Like, how'd you start to catch on to this stuff? How long? How long has it been? Ten years. 
10 years. Uh, so I have kind of an interesting past. I was 16 and I knew it all and I made some poor choices. Uh, chose some poor, poorly choice men. Um, That's, yeah. We've all made some bad yeah. choices at that age. Yeah. Um, went through some abuse, several years of abuse. Uh, left that situation. You know, there was a couple other people in between. I met Eric, but I was so beaten down and I was so no self-esteem and flinched if somebody looked at me. And I met Eric and it gave me a chance to relax and to be loved and to kind of undo some of that damage. And I was still a little, you know, moving along. And it's, you know, I was in my 30s, late 30s. And you're you're hopping, you're going, you're working, you're busy. So you just kind of put all these things under the rug and you, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's You fine. worry about it later. Yeah, I'll worry about it later. And then um, my youngest daughter was going through some bullying at school. And somebody said, put her in yoga. Okay, we'll try it. Went to a yoga class at the Southwester in the in the living room there. And at the end of the class, by the way, she hated it. Oh, really? She did not love yoga. Uh, but at the end of the class, we did a meditation. And it changed everything. I, I couldn't even believe. Because I had not wanted to be with myself with quiet. Yeah. I had noise. There was always noise. There always had to be music or TV or something in the background. And for the first time, I was okay with being quiet in my head and there was something that I don't have an addictive personality but it got me like I wanted more of it and I wanted to do it as often as I could and once you start down that path you start to say why am I putting these things under the rug what why do I do this let's look at these because we look at our thoughts without judgment we, we stop hiding from them we stop pushing them away and I got to the point where the rug just had to go. The rug had had to go. I had so much crap shoved under it. And um, there was one night, I remember I was sitting on the beach with Eric burning stacks of divorce papers and custody and restraining orders. And we were drinking a bottle of wine. And I just, I released my past. I let go of all the guilt, all the you know, you hold that. It's like, why did I stay? Why did I let somebody do that to me? Um, why did I let my kids see that? You know, the damage that it does to them. And I had held that for so long. And once I started down this road, I was finally able to get rid of the rug. And we sat on the beach and we burned one page at a time and drank a bottle of wine. And it was probably one of the most freeing moments of my life. I think there's something really powerful about ritual. And mm -hmm. just love to take the, the action of going through the ritual, even if it's one you just made up, it actually does something to us. And it because we live in stories. Yeah. And that's the way our brain makes sense of this world is in stories. Yep. So when you do a ritual like that, you are setting yourself on a new course. Yep. You're, you're letting go. You're letting go and you're literally picking a new vein in the multiverse. Mm -hmm. Like you're taking a new direction yep. that would not happen unless you do that ritual. And it can be something very simple. I think about that because I like to think about the many worlds theory of like reality, how we experience reality mm -hmm. as if there's an infinite number of universes experienced at the, I mean, happening at the same time. So there's an infinite number of me and you and infinite number of combinations. And the fact that we're just one of those 
it's it's almost like uh, what's a way you could ex- describe it but almost like it, w- they're reflections like it, when you put two mirrors face to face and you can see deep 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 in like right. infinitely just into the mirror it's like that and so there's the the alternate realities are right there next to us you're right there almost in it already because there's not that many differences the closer it is to you the more it is like your reality and so to do so and and it's changing every moment every second every yeah. single moment and every decision you make and every thought you have and i mean your thoughts have power your words have power they have yeah. momentum and you just change you're you're always one one choice away from change yeah and you have no choice i mean not you have choice right. you have nothing but choice right yeah you're gonna go this way or you're gonna go that way yeah you're gonna you go this way or you're gonna go that still. way yeah you can't stand still nor do no you want what to you do yeah because you that's, always want to go Stagnation is never positive. Yeah. It's always about growth. That's just the nature of this game. Yep. I do think of it like a game. And my life is a lot better when I do at least. Well, and, and when you don't take it so serious. Yeah. So when I when I was finally able to do the work and not have all that, like we talked about already, that weight that I carried with me, um, it got more fun. Yeah. It got, it got more like creative and... So I started, you know, researching all these other modalities of self-help and found just some, you know, some really great things that work. Mirror work is amazing, especially if you have experienced abuse and you don't. So what's mirror work? So you stand in front of the mirror. Um, In my Valentine's class, I bought a whole bunch of handheld mirrors. So I had them all in front of handheld mirrors. At the beginning of the class, um, you tell yourself you love yourself. You know, you fall in love with yourself again. You look at yeah, this this face looks like this, but these eyes have seen everything I've seen. I've been able to experience the most beautiful things seeing them through these eyes. And yeah, I got some wrinkles. That's because I smile when the sun's shining and just kind of re-falling in love with yourself. So in the Valentine's Day class, we did a little bit of breath work. We did some mirror work. We did our 45 minutes of yin. And then I did a, to a drum beat, um, like a, a YouTube music with drum beat. I did a calling in your ancestors. Oh. I went all the way back to hunters and gatherers and how strong the women were to keep their children and their children and their children alive. And then we went through the dark ages and we came all the way up to present. And everything all those women had to do to keep that line, you know, to to keep their children alive so that you could be sitting here right now. And then I had them look through all of their ancestors' eyes into the mirror. So look at it a different way. Um, And I saw a lot more smiles. The, the second time they looked in the mirror. So I do it every day. I look in the mirror every day and I find something to love about myself. And um, if I see something I don't like, I figure out a way to like it. That's beautiful. Yeah. So I, I love mirror work. Um, the, like I said, the breath work's great. Um, gratitude practice. I love gratitude practice. Even if yeah. you're feeling a little down, all you have to do is name it's a cure. five things and you're smiling ear to ear. Yeah. Um, I love looking at perspective uh, when something's not how I think it should be. I kind of have to change my perspective about it. Um, I'm really big on mindset, mm-hmm. working on mindset. I actually, I keep saying it. Two weeks ago, I was going to start. Then this week, I was going to start. Next week, I'm going to start a book. Cool. Yeah. I want to I want to write a book on mindset. It'll have an accompanying journal and an accompanying online um, class. Right on. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big thing to start. Starting is probably the hardest part of that oh, process. It's just, I can't, I was like, okay, January, it's going to be slow. I'm going to get all this stuff done. January came 
like a fire hose. And yeah. then February, I was like, okay, I have two weeks with no clients just because of the way it worked. It worked out. I finished everything up. And um, I've been doing a lot of catching up, but I really want to start the book. And so next week. Wow. That's, that's exciting. Yeah. What does it look like a typical, like, let's say you took on a new client. What would the first session look like? So we do a discovery session before they sign up just to make sure that it's going to work out. Like they like me, I like them. What I'm doing is what they're looking for. Um, what they're looking for is what I'm doing. I don't want any expectations that aren't, you know, I want them to have a realistic look at what we're going to look at. A coach is not a therapist. It's not a counselor. It's not a buddy. It's not a mentor. I'm going to say, this is where you are. This is where you told me you want to be. How do we get you from here to here? We're not looking backwards. That's a counselor. That's a therapist. We're saying right here and now, we're going to get to here. How, how do we get there? What does that look like? And I'm going to hold you accountable. I'm going to bother you. <laughs> but I'm also going to give you worksheets we're going to do. Uh, so a, a session is the first half the session is typically the personal development part. The second half the session is stress management because I am huge on if you cannot control your nervous system you're just going to have problems you're going to have problems in life you're going to have problems with your goals um so you teach like box breathing i like, teach so the first kind of two techniques. sessions are calming breath the middle sessions are centering breath and then the second two so i do six weeks uh one and a half hour sessions the second two are excited breath work and then if they sign up again then we go deeper so then we start doing the somatic breath and the Wim Hof breathing and stuff like that. Cool. Tumo breath. T okay, so that's, I was just going to ask about that. Um, so, Since I can't call it Wim Hof, well, the, <laughs> we do more Tumo breath. Isn't hol holotropic breathing, mm -hmm. isn't that a Tumo yeah. uh, kind of similar yeah. thing? So that's, for people who don't know, that's where you, the holotropic breath work is where you do Full inhale, full exhale, as hard and fast as you can for like and typically a through long your, time. You can do it through your mouth, but or through your nose, but typically through your mouth. So and you're taking way more volume. You're taking a lot of volume, and there's so some of the breath work you're more focused on breathing in and just letting it fall out, and some you're focused the other way. You're just focused on shooting it out and letting it come back in normal. So yeah, and the, with the holotropic breath work though, it you do it much longer than it feels comfortable. Oh yeah, you're so, well, you're you're. The whole point of it is to put yourself into the stress response. Uh-huh. So yeah. you want to put yourself, and this is why I teach my clients this, because I want them to, A, know what the stress response feels like so they can stop it immediately, like cut it off right away. And then, B, you're teaching your body, okay, I'm in the stress response, but nothing's wrong. It's okay. It's okay. okay. I'm okay. I'm safe. I don't need air. I just oxygenated the hell out of my blood. You're, you're, that's one of the things that triggers the stress response yeah. is the fact that you're hyper oxygenated yeah. Yeah. and you're not Hy able to cleanse yeah. all that CO2 probably is yeah. also contributing. Well, and the CO2, I mean, they're doing some great studies right now on how good the CO2 actually is for you. The tolerance? Yeah. So they're putting, I, I read uh, James Nestor's book, Breathe. Yeah, I oh, loved that book. God. So it talked a little bit about. Made me hate my orthodontist. <laughs> <laughs> it talked a little bit about. Um, the, they're adding in 7% CO2 up to 15% to see if they can help with the body's response. And it's doing some really cool things. The part where they talked about um, trying to stimulate that, that CO2 threshold mm -hmm. sounds so miserable where they, they inject, they like give the higher yeah. percentage CO2 yeah. and just and and your, watch people's your chemo response. receptors. Then yeah. can't, you can't breathe because, and if you just fight through it, 
Yeah. You know, then you're okay. Fighting through that wall is the most uncomfortable feeling yeah. I can imagine. It, so, it feels like you're dying. And so when when I get my my clients far, first start doing the breath retentions, and they don't start until the six weeks because now they've done some breath work. So we start with smaller breath retentions, and we work up to, I don't know, uh, one of my clients is just over two minutes with no air. So you let all the air out. And you can, I mean, you can see, like, you can see they're struggling. It's a lot harder on a full exhale than yeah. it is on a full inhale. Yeah, you always want, yeah, with the breath retentions, you'll you'll do, usually you'll do like a 15 second hold with the breath in, and then you'll go as long as you can with the breath out. Yeah. I like, I, if I'm trying to hold my breath for as long as possible, I'll do it halfway out. Because then it, it's something about the psychological effect. Of, or just let your breath go out longer. That, that would work too. <laughs> Uh, yep. But knowing that I can go up or in or out, I, I have some leeway both directions. For some reason, I can hold my breath forever like that. And it's it's just enough to make my that it keeps me below that threshold to trigger that anxiety of like, breathe, motherfucker, you're going to die. <laughs> but that's what we want. We want yeah. that stress response so that we can say, no, we're fine. Yeah. The Have you ever passed out from it? No. It's, I Not have a yet. whole bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I tell my clients, don't do this at home uh-huh. unless you're doing shorter breath holds, yeah. um, don't do it by yourself at home. So yeah. that I facilitate a lot of- I only do it by myself because it's embarrassing. Um, but <laughs> yeah, sometimes I've wished I had somebody there to catch me. Sure. <laughs> I passed out in the bathroom one time because I, I, I was doing it, standing in front of the mirror. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's so weird when you pass out when you're semi-conscious and all the, it's like the ground comes up to meet you. You don't sure. feel yourself falling. You still feel upright. All of a sudden, the, the ground just smacks you in the face. <laughs> It's so weird, but uh, yeah, the the breath hold the breath hold thing not just holds, but breath work in general. I was doing that long before it was like a cool, trendy thing to do. Um, and people used to give me so much shit about it, tell me not to do it, that it was gonna kill me, it kills brain cells or something. Yeah, I've always done it. I've, it's like it's a free high. It's fun. It's a fun thing to do. Um, but I also love that feeling that rushes through you after you do a really hard session of breath mm-hmm. holds. And you, that energy, uh, all the blood just yes. moving and your whole, all your skin is tingling. When you do the, okay, so you do a few in, out, in, out, in, out, out, blah, blah, blah. And then you hold, exhale all the way, hold until you can't stand it anymore. And then five seconds longer. And then you take a full breath and hold that. Yep. That's bliss. Yep. Well, and that's when you squeeze your pelvic floor and that releases the DMT. So it sends signals from your spine so up the in Kundalini? your brain. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So it, it releases the, the chemicals in your brain that you know, the natural high. And See, that I haven't been able to nail down yet. So that's part of soma breath does okay. that. Um, so soma breath works a whole lot with um, that pelvic floor, the... the, the Drawing up that your... I mean, it's, it's pretty tied in with your chakras. Yeah. And it's, it is. And but and I, I'm, big, I'm big on taking the science part of it and the magic part of it and combining them. Me too. Because there's I think a lot of... To. Yeah, there's a lot of people who are very practical and there's a lot of people who are very mystical. And somewhere in the middle yeah. is where most people lie. So part of what that is, you, you have your kundalini energy that you're you know, bringing up. But what that is, is that you have that nerve that's sending a signal to your brain to release DMT. Mm. So then you're making, you're getting high on your own supply, they say. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. That, that ascension uh, up the 33 vertebrae, mm-hmm. that's what the Masonic levels are based on. Yeah. That, that exact same thing. Well, that's where, I mean, you release that trauma. That's people i mean so much comes out in a in a full hour long 
hardcore breathwork session, I mean, so much trauma comes out. It comes out in the in the yin yoga too, which is why I really like yin yoga. Mm. Um, it releases that trauma and that tension that you've been holding. Oh, interesting. What is rolfing? Do you have any idea what that is? Rolfing? Yeah. I saw a video the other day online of uh, some dude, like, uh, it looked like a breathwork session, and he was, like, crying and shuddering, and this woman was calming him down, and, like, it, it looked like a really inviting, calm environment, huh. and uh, it said, this is what happens when you release trauma with rolfing, and I, and I, 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 I didn't know what it was. And I, I love learning. <laughs> let's look it up, right? Oh, I actually don't think I have service. Oh, no, I do. I do. We'll see. I'm just curious. Yeah. What is rolfing? Oh, it's similar to massage, it says. So just so breath work a while technique, you're... Um, a technique of deep tissue manipulation aimed at the release and realignment of the body and the reduction of muscular and psychic tension. Well, that's kind of like sounds, in yoga. <laughs> yeah, it sounds very similar. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird how the body stores yeah. emotional trauma physically. Especially in your fascia. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Because it, it's that stress. You're holding your stress, so your fascia is tight. When we start working with the fascia and releasing it, people move better. They're more flexible. It grows back stronger and better. Your ligaments are more pliable. Um, but it releases that all that tension that you hold in your body. It really is all about stress, just yeah. like you're saying. It, I, it all comes back to stress. That determines how your muscles are toned, like how your fascia is working, the communication, which systems in your body are active yeah. and not active. Yep. And all of that comes back to framing your life and framing your th threats and yeah. understanding when they're over. Yeah, That's we don't thing. have mountain lions chasing us anymore. We don't have... Some of us do. Yeah, sure. Most of us don't. Yeah, um, not regularly. You know? And so if a car cuts you off, it's like that response that you have within seconds. I mean, it's so fast. And if you don't know how to respond to that and it builds and builds and builds, now you get to work and you're pissed off. Yeah. But if you know how to counteract that immediately... You're a happier person. Counteracting that immediately requires some level of self-awareness that I think is a lot of trouble for yeah. some adults, especially yeah. if you didn't grow up with those tools. Right. You didn't have parents who had those tools. And right. so you saw people who did not have emotional regulation con under control. Right. And so that's how you learned. And now you feel justified in that and almost like you deserve to be able to do it. Sure. And I see that in a lot of people when expressing anger. Yep. Like, it's that righteous justice feeling. Yep. One of my favorite quotes is um, from Victor, Victor Frankl, and and it says, uh, between stimulus and response is, this, is space, and in that space is your freedom to choose, and in that space is, you know, your, that's where you find your freedom. And um, that breath, that first breath is your space, yeah. your space to choose. And what happens is when you're, when you get that instant adrenaline, your breath starts going really fast. It goes through your mouth. It goes into your chest. And you, if you don't know, stop breathing through my mouth. Start breathing through my nose. Breathe into my belly. Exhale yeah. longer. You're yeah, just that... going to get madder and madder. And the guy doesn't care. He's gone. No, That and... adrenaline is, is fuel that your brain produced for you to make a change in the world, in the universe. Like that's, that's changing the matrix fuel. And you can do it in a positive way or yeah. a negative way. And you do have the choice. Yep. But and if you're if you once you're in that stress response, you don't have that choice is taken away from you. Yeah, you're just it really like is. mad. Yeah. So if you don't know how to counteract it, your whole day is going to be ruined because some guy turned in front of you, or you know. Yeah, and all he has to do is wave, and then all the anger just dissipates. 
yeah. the uh, have you noticed that if you get a little courtesy wave like oh shit i'm sorry yeah. i'm it's yeah. my fault yep. no anger you want to have a barbecue with that guy yep. even though you were ready to kill him a moment ago <laughs> but also if you just take this the second to breathe in it's a whole lot of, and once you do it once you start doing it it just comes naturally so that's yeah. what i try with my clients i want to get them to a place where they just naturally take that breath in find the freedom find the find the space and then how would you respond when someone's like well if i don't stand up for myself people will just walk all over me i okay standing up for yourself is a boundaries issue yeah you have to be able to set boundaries so i teach my clients how to set boundaries and also that it's okay to set boundaries a lot of people are scared to set boundaries so we change our mindset uh we figure out what boundaries are more important because you just can't say here's 50 new boundaries so what are the most important ones that are going to make the most impact we figure out ways to say them nicely <laughs> and then we i follow up with them and say how are you doing with that okay that one didn't work let's look at a different way to make that happen um so you just show them that there are tools that they do oh, yeah. have. Yeah. yeah, so many tools. And I wrote a 56-page workbook that they take home with them. I have a 100-something page journal that I wrote that they took home with them. So there's these tools they have at home as well. And then every week they get a worksheet of what we did in class. So all the breath work we did. I do bring in some chakras. So each – this was my husband's idea. Each week is a different chakra. So the first two weeks are the base and the sacral because they're only there for six weeks unless mm -hmm. they re-sign up. Um so it's a little bit of magical, a little bit of practical. Yeah. The, the chakra thing doesn't even seem that crazy to me. No, it's... it's. It actually seems very intuitive. When I first learned about it, I was like, oh, yeah, I feel that. I feel that the, I can understand why the, the people who came up with that system, why they organized the, the information sure. that way. It makes yeah. sense. Yep. All, all that Eastern medicine, the, the, you know, the energy channels and, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I knew more about acupuncture, it. Acupuncture, acupressure. I mean, there's I a reason it works. I just acupuncture today. Like two hours ago, I had a bunch of needles in me. I listened to your last podcast. And oh, yeah. so I've been toying about going because I go to Terrellar for massages. And every time somebody comes out of the office for him, they, for look, yeah, they look so He's relaxed great. and they look just so happy. And I have this like hip issue because I walk weird. And I said, Terrellar, talk to him and see if he can with this because she's in there with her elbow <laughs> i highly recommend it so i listened to your the last podcast with him and i'm gonna go ahead and sign up yeah it's i never had tried it until i just started with him um by the way shout out lindy swain for the recommendation it's been very helpful Hi, lindy it's i i had no idea it was so like profound you f can feel it during the the treatment and i feel better after but it it like hurt i, I was not expecting it to be uh quite as activating as it was they f it feels like each needle is a little antenna and they, they are talking to each other huh. so like between the needles uh, it, there's like energy flow sure and the the needle itself is like a buzzing feeling oh. and he so he puts the needles in leaves um once they're activated like leaves and then comes back 10 minutes later and reactivates them which just means like push it in a little more twist it a little bit to get it to like <laughs> i don't know you're talking me out of this now <laughs> It's not for everybody. <laughs> but I have ta I'm covered in tattoos, so the, Okay, so the tattoo is a great example. I can handle the pain if it's for if it's means to an end. Sure. And I know what that end is and I'm okay with it. Same with like 
I mean, I could, they'd set my bone if I had a broken bone and I would understand that pain and I would be able to withstand it. If it's a mystery pain that I don't understand, <laughs> I am terrible with it. But if it's, if it's, if I understand the pain, I can withstand it. And this is that kind of pain. Gotcha. So like you, and the tattoos are the same way. Gotcha. Like it doesn't matter how excruciating, excruciating it is going to be. I know it's not going to be that bad. It's just a needle and it's, uh, it's not going to kill me. I'll just lay here disassociate yeah. if it really gets bad. And it didn't, but yeah, the, the acupuncture was shockingly activating. Cool. I mean, cause he's trying to hit those meridians yeah. looking for the, yeah. the, where it's going to give you a jolt. Yep. And, and that's all does. about like the yin yoga is all working with those meridians as well. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's, there's so much to that, that we, we don't even really completely understand. Cause I feel it in my own body. Like the, the way that things flow, energy flow mm -hmm. throughout my body. I feel when there's blockages, I feel when I'm grounded, I feel like electrically and, and with tension, like with, um, physical elastic tension in my muscles, but the electrical thing too, like. I started grounding myself by just walking around barefoot. Yeah, I, I'm forever barefoot. It makes a big difference. It actually changes how my clothes fit me. When we go to the beach, so in the summer when I walk with my husband and we walk to the beach and we walk, we get past the, on the CV beach approach, past the rocky part, mm -hmm. I, I'm barefoot after that. I love, or in the grass or on the moss or wherever. Your electrical charge changes almost instantaneously. Mm -hmm. You got the sun and then you've got, yeah. The, oh, it's, yeah. We are so tied in with all of that that whole system we are so part of it and people forget that like people will wonder why they're depressed and realize yeah. like they haven't been outside for six i mean months. we're made up of the same thing yeah. we're made up the same thing as the tree and the, yeah. the sand and the water up isn't up science put, put a little <laughs> it's uh yeah it really is plant consciousness is intriguing to me because it's definitely a thing i can tell you i have had more sap on me from literally hugging trees <laughs> yeah they appreciate it. Yeah. Because a lot I get of people out. just ignore them. The redwoods. Oh, my God. Oh, my favorite. Oh, we go down there and I can't help it. I touch every tree and I. They have personality. Oh, my God. They're beautiful. Plants really do have personality. Yeah. It's yep. I I don't. I'm not even saying that as a joke. They, re they really do. It's in the same way that like a song has personality. Like there's a, there's a tone and there's just a way that that thing exists in this universe that it has its own signature. Mm -hmm. And trees definitely do that. I like, you ever been out to Teal Slough? Yeah. Those big redwoods, out, yeah. or not redwoods, but it's the Western Cedars yeah. out there. So nice. So North Jetty used to do, before COVID, we did the, um, we worked with the Friends of Willapa and we would do the Ledbetter Walk and the Teal Slough and the Art Walk. Um, and we would take a group of 15 people and then one of the Willapa refuge people would come tell us about the, the grasses and the trees and somebody would come and talk about the birds and somebody would come and talk about the like the mushrooms and the berries, and it was wonderful. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's a, that's a beautiful place, the mm -hmm. refuge, all the different properties they have. Yeah, and it's just a great group of people. Yeah, like yeah, they are. Everybody out there is one. Well, I mean, they're not out there anymore, but. Yeah, they're great. We're uh, good friends with Matt, Matt Lloyd and Oh, Sherry. yeah, I yeah. like Matt. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah, it's a cool place. I'm glad we have it. Yeah. We live in a really amazing we, community. People for that say there's thing. nothing to do out here. It's like, because you're not off your couch. Yeah. Get off your couch. There's a beach. There's beautiful, beautiful hiking. There's tons yeah. of fun stuff to do. Yeah. The, I'd say, no, there's no shopping. <laughs> yeah. But most places with shopping have really gone downhill. It, like, if you go to yeah. the shopping centers nowadays, they're fucking empty. I still love me a Target. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> me too. I... <laughs> Believe me, I love going into stores. <laughs> that's that's a problem for me. I it's it 
feels like a way to connect with your community, as dumb as that sounds. Yeah. I don't connect with people easily. And so when I like do something simple, like just go into a store and buy something to eat for lunch, I feel like a human being. And I don't even like, I don't have a conversation with the checker, but I'm interacting. I'm, I'm doing the human thing. Sure. And it's really hard for me because I spend a lot of time by myself. So it's really hard for me, even something simple like just packing a lunch. I can pack a lunch. I like to eat the lunch, um, but I, I miss just having a brief interaction with the human. Um, it's it's weird, but grocery stores have always given me that. I always like grocery stores. I think it's malls. part of that that energy. Mm-hmm. So you put off this energy. Everybody puts off this energy, and your energies connect. Yeah. So. Yeah, really. Exactly. Are you sensitive to people's energy like that? I am. Yeah. And my daughter, my youngest daughter really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I've gotten I've gotten pretty good with the especially with the coaching um you can't let you can't let it all in yeah so when you're dealing with somebody who's having a rough time um you have to like stay strong for them be compassionate and and kind of guard not guard yourself but not take it home with you what about when they're trying to act like they're not having a hard time how do you handle that i i I run up against that where i can feel somebody is is suffering or something is very something's bothering them a lot, but I don't know what it is, and it's not my business. But uh, I have a hard time not acknowledging it. Right. Well, they pay me. Yeah. They yeah, pay yeah. me to ask them, and I'm also um, I'm certified in NLP. So neuro- what's NLP? Neuro <laughs> neuro linguistic programming. Mm. So I watch their body language. I watch their eyes. I watch how they hold themselves. I watch. I listen to if their voice cracks when they say something or if they talk faster or they talk slower. So I kind of can pick up on, Mm -hmm. okay, wait, what you just said, you said it like this. So let's explore that a little more. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's kind of some ways to. That's how I listen to everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Um, See, I had to pay for that certification. (laughs) So did I, I just didn't get a certification, (laughs) but um, that's, I went to college to learn how to understand people and myself and my family because I just, I really didn't get it. And it worked pretty well, but I, I don't, it didn't really make it any easier to connect with people because people I realized are just so different. Everybody's so yeah. different. And yeah, I, I don't know, but being able to read people or not being able to just reading people without the choice of reading people mm-hmm. or not, it, it's sometimes it's like a hassle. It makes it hard to be a manager, uh, I've noticed because there's no way I can give somebody a task that I know they're going to hate and not feel that like they fucking hate me right now. Yeah. I, I can't just ignore it. It's so hard for me, but I know that you have to. That's yeah. part of being a manager. But yeah, it's a thing I struggle with. I, that's what I was talking about with I had to stop taking those mushroom pills <laughs> because <laughs> they may be too damn intuitive. I couldn't I couldn't disconnect from people. Yeah, It, it like it made it to where. Like eye contact is always intense, but it was so intense. I felt like I was looking through somebody's bedroom windows. Well, and when you're managing people, you tend to be around them a lot more. So you, you know them a little bit more, you know, about them, you know. Yeah. You know what's going to bother them. Whereas yeah. if you see somebody on the street and you're like, hey, can you, you have no idea. Yeah, that's so true. So you're, it's more like kind of a family. It is very much like a family. Um. The, I was curious about the ice bath thing, mm-hmm. and we already talked about it a little bit. But so I started doing ice baths in December. Uh, I've had it in my mind that I was going to do this as part of my health regimen, 
probably for five years. Um, and I've been doing cold showers or like... I do the cold showers now. I was a half-ass about it um, because I didn't enjoy it. So no, they it, suck. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's horrible. And it's, it's not fun. <laughs> the, the shower is even harder than the bath because it's, it's non-committal. You can get a part of your body out of the water. When you just have to plunge yourself sure. in and there's no going back, you're just like, this is it. I'm here. I'm going to just do this thing. But the shower, I, I did it for years where I would get in there and just try. It, it just took so much longer to get used to the water. Um, but so I started doing these. So I bought the bath in December, started doing them at, at least every other day, but trying to do it every day for two what minutes. What kind of bath did you get? I, got, I just got a big Rubbermaid, black Rubbermaid okay. tote. And I filled it up with ice and water the first day. And I mean, it's, it was December, so it's been cold since. During the summer, I'm probably gonna have to change the water all the time. But um, right now it's it's still getting close to freezing every night. So it's it's been cold. And um, I go in there for two minutes and the first, probably first 10 times I did it, I could not get my breath under control. And I'm, I do <laughs> breath work, I practice a lot. Well, and that's the nice thing about having somebody like me facilitating is like, I the first one I saw it was in Mexico at a retreat and I just watched the guy and he was just like follow my breath and look in my eyes and it was yeah yeah it's intense yeah and after every time I did it it gets a little easier and a little easier when I first had started my, I envisioned like making awesome Videos. TikToks of it where I'm just like <laughs> saying profound things in the camera it didn't work out like yeah. that at all. I'm yeah. like barely able to speak at all yeah. my daughter's throwing ice at me <laughs> <laughs> it's um it basically it's me like uncomfortably laughing a few times but it is about I it. have dreams of of making that video as well yeah sure. it would be a cool video yeah. if, if somebody could do it yeah it's not me though <laughs> it's really hard but it gets easier every time and so maybe three days ago i went i did yoga and i went and got in there and i didn't film it this time and i think this actually had something to do with it because that adds just that little bit of extra ang anxiousness sure. to it and when I didn't film it, I just got in slowly, which is another thing that I've realized makes a huge difference to not just plunge myself in, but to ease myself and in. And then kind of move yourself around. Yes. Instead of doing this. Yes. I see a lot of people just kind of curl well, that, up in a ball. Cancels out the whole point of doing yeah, it. Yeah. Like, you got to move around. You got to move your arms and your legs and let that ice cold water just let your get Let all your over heat you. drain yeah. instead of just holding it. Because what you don't want is to get out of that ice and not be shaking. Yeah. You want to have that, that shaking. That's the whole... The whole, po the whole point is the stress response, but for the metabolism part of it, if you don't have that shaking going on, you're not kickstarting your metabolism. Yeah. Yeah. I The main benefit I get from it is uh, dopamine. Mm -hmm. It supposedly raises your dopamine like 200% for a couple hours. And that's huge. Well, part of it's because you're just so damn happy you're out of the ice. That is it. <laughs> I, I, I think that's a huge part of why anybody's happy for anything. Right. You're just so happy to be not in the in shitty it. part anymore <laughs> exactly you whatever it. it was yep no you get out you just you know you grab a towel and you just let yourself come back yeah naturally you don't go jump in a shower or a sauna you sauna before if you have a sauna mm -hmm. then ice bath go back and forth between the two feels really good i love um oh the the lodge out there in the the hot springs belk nap no out in the gorge um but the, they have a cold plunge in the hot i don't oh. think i've been there um bonneville hot springs oh, cool yeah, yeah. No, i haven't seen that that sounds awesome yeah i like the hot springs so it's like just divided by a wall so you can like be over here and then just hop over the wall into the ice cold water it's oh wow really cool 
That's awesome. How does your family, uh, do they get on board with all this stuff? Uh, I don't. So I haven't been practicing the ice bath at, at here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting one. I'm getting two. So I'm going to... Um, I'm going to set that up in my backyard until I get my area ready at my office, and we'll see. What about all the other kind of uh, new age spiritual Um, stuff? My husband is super supportive of really whatever I want to do. He's been really great with the business. Um, I needed a – I wanted – I didn't need. I wanted a better website, Um, so I've got a new website coming. So my current website's down because I have a new improved website being designed. Um, So he – Gave me the money for that. To, to he's he's very supportive of the business side of it. He's never really poo pooed my when I say something. He's always got the the logical. He's the very logical one, and I'm the very excited about all this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I mean, I imagine you say stuff all the time. I oh, do. Yeah, and yeah. Do, you, do you get the looks like no, or or do you, or or do you feel like? No, they get you. I, I think he gets me. Um, he's very practical and scientific. So he'll say, well, is it because of this? Do you think it's because of this? Or, do, you know, so we have great conversations. We yeah. have amazing conversations. Um, he has tried some yoga. Didn't like it. Yeah, uh, it's, it's he hard. hasn't really done breath work yet. He's going to try some yin yoga. I'm going to bring bring some mats home and let him do some yin yoga. But I, th- I think he'd probably do the ice bath. I found that most of these alternative health methods, uh, if somebody's not already motivated to try it, you're not going to get them right. To try and it. I don't want to force it. Yeah, because um, it's intrinsically unpleasant. Yeah, and and like with my clients, Inherently. I say here are here are these tools, and we're going to just just take bite sized pieces. And if you like something, then we're going to run with it. So, have you ever got into uh, sound healing? Sound baths. I love sound baths. Me too. So, um, Benergy. Everything's vibration. Uh, in Astoria, there's a, g- a guy named Benergy. Ben, uh, Benergy, and I love. Wait, his name is Ben Benergy. Well, his name's Ben. His business is Benergy. Oh, okay. Uh, and he does he does all this stuff as well. And he He's got those singing bowls. He does. He's mm. amazing. Yeah, he's those amazing. Are great. And then he we bring him over. We brought him over for. Oh, I can't remember what event was it was, but he did tarot reading at the brewery. So, cool. Yeah, he's really cool. I Shout tarot, out to Benergy. Tarot was so fun to just to, I don't know, I just find it fun. My mom would think I would be horrified to hear me say that. <laughs> I don't, um, yeah, I don't I don't know if it is just like a wishful thinking come to fruition or if there is something more to it, but it, it's, it's interesting. So we were in New Orleans and, you know, why not? You're in New Orleans. So... My husband and I were both going to get readings, and one place took him, and a whole different shop down the street took me at the same time. And they were both, I mean, he was shocked at how right on they were. Really? So that was kind of cool to were drag they? him a little bit into my world. So you guys were having the readings done at the same time? But but down the street from and each other. And were they like coordinated to where they seemed like? No, his was more geared towards him, and mine was very... But you share a life yeah, together. So, did they work together, or were they contradictory? Mine was mostly about my control issues. Oh, so it was pretty uh, yeah, um, narrowly focused. Yeah, no, it was it was very much um, letting go of how I want things to go and what I want to have happen and just letting it happen. And That's so, the key to a happy life. Yeah, and so it was, it was eye-opening that somebody else... You know, one more person in my life went, just 
let it see what happens. Yeah. Because I have this goal. I have this goal. I want to do keynote speaking. I want to do retreat leading. I want to do um, corporate training. Because the more people I can reach at once, the better. But I'm going to let it unfold. Yeah. Yeah, I have to. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that will take a while to, yeah. to come oh, yeah. to fruition. Yeah. Just because you need you need the experience. The reps. You need the reps. <laughs> There's yeah. not a lot of uh, corporate training and keynote speaking opportunities no. here. <laughs> no. I, mean, I am teaching at the LBMA. What's uh, the LBMA? Long Beach Merchants Association. They're doing the oh. small business trainings. So I'll be teaching two classes on hiring for small business. That stuff is not easy. No. It's it there it's, should be classes and for it. And it's 15 years worth of experience. I have no college degree in it. I have no certifications in it. It is 15 years hands-on through management and entrepreneurship. Um just lessons learned over yeah. and over in the hard way and the easy way and through some classes and Staying on top of it for the brewery, we're a federally licensed alcohol manufacturer. We have got to oh, yeah. stay on top of everything. And that's yeah, me doing it. So. Mm -hmm. Is there like annual reporting requirements and all that? Uh, on the hus on my husband's side, probably. Okay. I don't. I deal with the HR. Oh, um, yeah. Like making sure. So our staff, because they have to go into the brewery to change kegs and wash dishes and stuff, they are classified as brewers hmm. for through like L&I for the taxes and stuff. So they have to know lockout tagout. Oh, okay. We don't even use lockout tagout, but because we're a brewery, we have to have lockout tagout. So my bartenders have to know lockout tagout. So you have to do trainings yeah, regularly. Yeah. So there's a lot. Um, does, does that mean it's like an industrial thing? Is OSHA involved? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the FDA. Ah. Yeah. Oh, because it's food and drugs. Yeah. Both. <laughs> and manufacturing. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. I'm I'm pretty well versed in requirements. Yeah. Is your system pretty uh, streamlined? Is it like digital and automated as much no, as possible? Uh, we took it off. So we had it. It was on a laptop. And when Titus came on, he came from Fort George. He was in Colorado. He was at Fort George. I think he was at Bowie. Uh, he came on and the computer was not super user friendly and it would glitch out. Mm. And then you'd be in the middle of something going on and you have to restart the computer. And so they un hooked it from everything so now it's all back to paper and the knobs oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> switching things with knobs yeah but yeah it's a it's a great it's a great little system we um we first started on a one and a half barrel brow so my husband and i would brew 16 hours a day wow yeah it was stupid i mean it was that's a lot of work it was that would get us i mean six kegs of beer so <laughs> six kegs of beer for a whole day. <laughs> that's a lot of beer, but I mean, <laughs> not a. But it's one beer, and we had uh -huh. when we opened, we had six taps, and we weren't sure how it was. Gonna, everybody's like, "Here, now we're gonna make it. You don't have food." Da 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 da. Here we are, <laughs> but yeah. it was hard. It was very hard in the beginning, and then we realized real quick we had to go to a, a bigger system. So we got the ten barrel, and it's been great. How is it profitable? It's getting there. Uh, we when COVID first hit, we were just coming into our own, mm -hmm. um, and then COVID kind of yeah did its thing. And I, I mean, we do we both you know I don't have to do the coaching; I do it because I want to. Mm -hmm. We both make a living from. I don't even mean is it like day. is it a, a fortune maker? Is it yeah. just like does it turn it a profit? Pays, yeah, it pays the bills. Yeah, and I mean, I think any business that yeah. provides value and also pays for itself yeah. is a good business. Yeah, it's I I think we're very successful. I, my my definition of success is 
probably different than other people. It's probably but. more stringent than most. A lot of major companies do not turn a profit. Twitter doesn't turn a profit. It's a, it's loses money. Yeah. No, we don't lose money. Yeah. So, <laughs> Unless uh, I order 10 deckers. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of companies that lose money uh, for the first 10 years yeah. of existence. Yeah. So no, it's, it's we, very normal. We, we were, yeah, we were just really starting to ramp up and then COVID hit. And then this year has, it's been down across the board with breweries. They've all kind yeah. of reported 20% down um we're hopeful going into spring and summer though that people aren't probably ready to fly off places yet so we're expecting a big spring break and the economy's been bad yeah really yeah. bad so so i think we're going to do okay this this summer and we've got lots of fun events we we kind of turned it over to the staff we've been coming up with events for nine years and they it's get hard. stale. Yeah. So uh, we just did Peninsula's Got Talent. That was the staff's oh, cool. idea. We're going to do a chili cook-off for the, when football starts up again. Like they're coming oh, up with all these fun things. We're pre-funking for St. Patrick's Day. Cool. So four to six, my husband's going to play guitar and sing and we'll have lots of fun stuff. Green beer? Green beer. A, a new beer release. We're doing a Flanders Red. Ooh. We are doing an Irish car bomb flavored firkin. Oh, wow. Uh, I have a slushy machine coming, so hopefully we'll have sling, sangria slushies going. Yum. <laughs> um, yeah, so lots of fun stuff. We'll do some some stuff for Cinco de Mayo. Uh, we have Irish car birthday. bombs are so confusing. I, yeah. They seem like they're going to taste so bad, and then they taste so good. Well, they kind of taste good. They taste like a glass of chocolate cake. <laughs> so we are actually... I don't like Guinness or Bailey's or Jameson, <laughs> but I love Irish car bombs. We, um, one of these beers i brought you we did uh we started a new barrel aging program mm. so we did ship in a bottle and then we barrel aged it so now it's ship in a barrel and we aged it in dry fly whiskey barrels Ooh! and it's uh it's really good and i think it would make a great irish car bomb i bet it would are you a drinker i'm a drinker i don't i don't drink much beer uh i drink the Corona upside down in my margarita uh -huh. in the summer. Uh, mostly, I'm a. I, I love gin and tonic. I'm a margarita girl. Um, cocktails. Yeah, cocktails. I'm a cocktail. I, I like cocktails too. I like me some cocktails, but I'm not like a whiskey. I don't drink whiskey. I don't drink. Scotch. Yeah, if you want some, I got a bunch over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm gin, tequila, a little bit of vodka. But. Yeah. I, how do you think that fits in with, with health? Like, can you be a person who uses alcohol or drugs in, in a healthy way? I think everything with, with moderation. Um, because I'm, what I don't want to do is deprive myself. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm going with that. Yeah, there's some people that overall health won't touch it because it's, you know, it's bad for you and da, 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 da. But I like it. Yeah, and if they want it so bad that they can't stop thinking about it. Right, that's um, an issue. Yeah. I like the occasional margarita. I like the occasional, you know, Corona sitting in my backyard. Or if we made a if we made a lager, we make great lagers. Um, I don't typically drink the heavy beers. I typically don't drink the IPAs or the dark beers. Uh, we have a sensory. We always train. So we're always tasting our beers, mm -hmm. um, teaching the staff constantly to to. Do you teach them how to drink it and that, like what to taste for? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, the we do. Notes. We Once a year we do off flavor tasting. So if somebody came to them and said, hey, we think this tastes like this, then they know what they think that customer is tasting. Uh-huh. And then they can say, no, that's not what, you know. So they're they're educated on that. Or they can say, hmm, let me take that to the brewer. And then the brewer can. So we want them to be as educated as possible 
on our beers. Um, and then I think it also helps when they go out and try other beers as well. That's a good idea. But we taste we taste through ours very regularly, and we have the safety meetings every month. And y'all drink at the safety meetings. Uh, we're gonna start. We're gonna start doing uh, sensory training at the meetings. Mm. Yeah, they're nine in the morning, but <laughs> oh yeah, so I guess not getting <laughs> yeah. too many drinks. In yeah, here. but the one in the afternoon is the, uh, the once a year is the off flavor tasting. But we're very big on educating them, and then we just released one today that the whole staff brewed together. So, and I gave you a sample of that. Mm. Which one was that? That is the Bohemian Pilsner, and it's called Crescendo. Cool. Oh, no, not Crescendo. That's the double. Uh, Eternal Beacon. Eternal Beacon. Eternal Beacon. Nice. Yeah, so we all brewed it together, and it came out today. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we've made it through all of my questions that I had. <laughs> I'm going to pull up a, my list of weird questions. Okay. Because we still have some time. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> They're they're not that weird. Right. They're just questions that I... So the reason I started this podcast is because I'm genuinely interested in humans. I, I think they're so intriguing and so amazing and so varied. And the just the sheer volume of variety that exists in people is intriguing to me. And I want to try to get an idea of what exactly exists within those within that range. So I like to just know things that I know every human has confronted. Like, what is consciousness? What are we What are we doing here? How do you define meaning? What is the most important thing in your life? Uh, why is time so important? Like, these kind of questions sure. that we're all confronted with throughout the lifespan. Not um, just easy little questions like that. Yeah. So, <laughs> you'd be shocked to know how many people have never asked themselves these questions. Sure. It's, I, I find it so intriguing to know, it. first of all, whether or not someone has ever thought this question. And second of all, if they have, what do they think? So I keep a list of questions that are just like universals. So on my my last podcast interview, he said, "What is love to you?" And it great example. It just, I mean, it stopped me in my tracks. What and did you say? So, boy, it was. Um, it's one of my favorite questions. Yeah, no, and my husband answered it way better when I got home, and he said, and I said, he asked me what love means to me, and he was just like blah 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 blah, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's way deeper than what I said. Uh, mostly, what I talked about was when you connect with someone or some something it can be a pet it can be a person when you connect in a way that um touches you that like or or when you feel a way for a community or for like a not a subject but like a cause maybe something that just touches you and that it moves you and it it raises your vibration this, I don't know. There should be a lot more words in, yeah. in English for love. Yeah. I think other languages have more words. His his was great, though. It was like when two people just all they want to do is lift each other up and the connection. And it was how yeah. he said it was beautiful. And I was just like that, that, that. <laughs> I would call that companionate love. Yeah. Um. So uh, who was it? There's a psychologist who, who had a, a triangular theory of love. Sternberg? I think it was. I think it was Sternberg. If you have never heard about Sternberg's triangular theory of love, I recommend that you Google it and look at a picture because the little diagram really shows what I'm talking about. But basically, it is a way to understand and conceptualize love between humans when you use these three components, which are intimacy, commitment, and passion. Those three things and the way they interplay 
will create different types of love. So for example, if you have intimacy and passion, that will give you romantic love. If you have intimacy with commitment, but without the passion, that's still a type of love. It's called companionate love. It's intimacy and commitment, but no passion. And then if you have commitment and passion, that's called fatuous love. So those three types are all just two of the three components. If you have all three components of intimacy, passion, and commitment, that's what we call consummate love. And that's the middle of the pyramid. Interesting stuff from Sternberg. Kind of a cool way to look at love. So it's three different types that all kind of fit together to form a triangle. One of them is companionate love, which is like the type of love that develops in a married couple after the flames have kind of started to die down and you still got the nice glowing coals. And so you still like, no doubt you love each other. You you're, you genuinely enjoy making each other's lives better mm -hmm. and being there. Yeah, you there. make them a better person. Yeah. And they make you a better person. And just being there to observe this person who you are just, you just love them. That's companionate love. And then there's romantic love, which is the schmoozy, like lovey-dovey, the notebook type of love. And I think the last one was just chemical infatuation, which is is probably the most exciting part, but wears off the quickest yeah. and is really only, I mean, if you want to look at it from an evolutionary perspective, that's only there to get you in the door. Sure. And then once you're there, you're like, all right, now the yeah, work you, begins. You now, can't live on those chemicals. You no, can't have them going all the time. No, and you can get addicted to them. Yeah. And people who are like serial daters. Or, or the swipers. Yes. Oh, God, that's got to be such a huge problem now. <laughs> I can't now. even imagine. I, I got out just in time to yeah. avoid that era. We When Eric and I first got together, um, he was uh, newly single and I was fairly newly single and after his was a long relationship and um we each went on two dates and we each were like nope I'm not touching the dating world <laughs> like, yeah, we've pretty... been together we've been together since our first i don't hear a lot of good stuff about yeah, dating no, in this day and age bad. somehow i ended up having to pick both of the men up at halfway houses oh yeah yeah that... they didn't mention that yeah that i no was good. apparently on some <laughs> wrong site yeah <laughs> Yeah, it was not good at convicts all. Convictsonly.com. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know, I'm done. I'm good. I don't yeah. need this. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I've never done the dating site thing. I got married right out of college and then did that for a while and it was really rough. And then I, I got divorced and then I spent about six months just trying to figure out how to who I was, yeah. how to be a person again and um, what was good about me. Because you get when you're in a bad relationship, you start to hate yourself. Like, oh, I know. <laughs> because you, and for good reason, you turn into such a bad version of yourself yeah. because you're you're hurt. And so you're constantly striking back and being yeah. defensive. It's just like the worst person you can be. And and on top of that, you're, you're suffering because you're hurt. So it's like, it's just such a miserable time. <laughs> I met my current wife, like- Who is right awesome. Away, and um, I loved her so much right away that I, it almost felt like- um, well, I, I guess I have no choice. Like I am in love with this person. It, I, I was almost like um, not disappointed, but I was just like, I cannot, I couldn't believe it happened that fast that because it, it felt so much more sure than I had in any other relationship I'd ever had. Like people just don't have that kind of luck. We got married before we'd known each other a year, which generally ends badly. 
and it hasn't at all. And we've been, I mean, I think we've been together for six, seven years and, um, it's great. It just, it just keeps getting better and better. I'm super happy. I'll know. And I know I'll be with her forever. It's, it feels really good. Yeah. We're, we're a little different than most relationships with my husband and I. His first wife was killed in a car accident. Oh, man. And we met shortly after that. And um, the world wasn't ready for him to start dating. Oh, messy. Yeah. Uh, but here we are 15 years later, and we are the perfect couple. I couldn't even fathom meeting somebody that that would make me feel as I do. You guys have a great reputation in the community. Thank you. I, I should probably tell you. You have been requested as guests on this podcast at least four times. Ah. And every time I'm like, I know I should ask them. <laughs> I, I really want to, but I'm, I was nervous. Oh I, my gosh. Like, I, I don't know you guys. Yeah. And um, so many of the people that I'm close with do know you. So I know that you are cool people. We're, but we think I, we're pretty cool. I was nervous. I thought that um, I didn't want to, you know. Oh, we'll come on anytime. Cool. That's yeah. Good to and, know. And honestly, with the coaching stuff, um, we have such a solid relationship and we work things out so well that once I get my feet a little bit more under me and I kind of get right now, I'm kind of this direction and that direction. And once I really get a solid feel for what's going to be my best direction, I think we're going to add in couples counseling. Cool. Because I think there's a lot of people that could benefit from what we've experienced. So we're actually even toying with writing a book. Down you should come up with a new name for couples counseling that frames it in a way that isn't uh, looking backwards. Yeah. That is like couples planning yeah. or, or something. So yeah. that yeah. couples counseling has such a stigma. Yeah. Like I would like to go to couples counseling just to learn better communication mm -hmm. techniques. And me and my wife have good communication techniques. I'd say that's our best skill. We we started from the very beginning uh, with a policy of transparency. Mm -hmm. It's like no bullshit. Yeah. Please, we're not going to play yeah. games. We're adults here. Let's let's just. If this is going to happen, let's make it happen. But and it, and we've continued that through, and it's it's been great. But st I would still say there's room for improvement. And just the way that, like, the way that we interact with each other in in times of stress, um, it mm -hmm. it's we call it stepping stones, not stumbling blocks. There you go. So if we have a stepping stone, we deal with it immediately, and we learn from it, and we are happier for it that it has taught us something. Mm -hmm. But I think so much of that stuff happens individually. Like a lot of like a lot of the stigma has gone away with people wanting to improve themselves. But there's still something to wanting to do it with your partner that some, some people assume that something bad has happened or that something's going wrong sure. when really it's just like no, we're just trying to up our game. Yeah. You oh, know, absolutely. Take it to the next level. Absolutely. It's just like it's just like the business mindset. It's just mm -hmm. having that that it's amazing, but it could be more amazing. Yeah. Or it or, why, why put limits on it? Yeah, I mean, it could be whatever you want it to be. When you're doing the coaching thing, so this is something I've thought about just in sharing my life with the world through the podcast and through social media. Do you ever feel like you don't have as much allowance to be flawed? Like if you're coaching other people, do you feel like you have to hide the hard parts in your own um, life? So right now, I'm... I'm you know, pretty good. And I'm pretty open with with my past and what's gotten me to this point. These silly tin tackers. <laughs> these this issue brought so much turmoil. Um, and it wasn't 
it's not the money. It's a lot of money, but it wasn't the money. It was the fact that I missed something. Yeah. It was, I am, I pride myself on, I've got my shit together. I know what I'm doing. I've, you know, and I've got a lot going on right now, but that's no excuse. And I just kind of missed something and it hit me so hard. And I thought, I mean, no amount of breath work was going to fix it for a few hours. It took modern medicine and a sh- and a tiki drink. Um, but I kind of have used it as a learning experience. And my husband was great. He was like, you don't mess up like this. Feel these feelings. Yeah. He's like, experience the feelings that come with this. Learn from it and go forward. And it was like he was coaching me. Um, it was good advice. Yeah. But it was that. Even I, who have worked for 10 years, you know, had a had, an, had this issue happen and I couldn't control my nervous system and I couldn't do these things I was telling other people. You're giving me anxiety just but, hearing about it. <laughs> but um, I'm able to say, yeah, I'm human too. I, I can make these mistakes and I can say it's okay. And, and so this is... Did you believe it? Not that night. Yeah. The night the pellet showed up. <laughs> It was not. Um, it was not a good night. But after that, yes, um, it was really good to bring into the yin class. Of, you know, letting go of being perfect, and so it really allowed me a minute in time to say, experience this, like, and and be okay with it. Be be okay not being perfect sometimes or a lot, you know. Appreciate it. Yeah. Like that's part of the human experience. It, it was, it, it was eye opening to me that I always feel like if, since we try so hard to avoid mistakes, we know inevitably they will still occur. Mm-hmm. So we can just appreciate them when they're there. Be like, oh, this is that mistake that I knew was coming yeah, that I did everything I could to prevent, but it still came. And how do we turn it into a stepping stone? Yeah. Uh, and so I was able to share it on a few. I'm in a few groups because, you know, when you coach, everybody wants you to be in their, these groups and those groups. And so I was able to share it um, kind of in a way that, I don't know, it felt vulnerable, like kind of raw. Mm-hmm. Like I did this and I have these feelings. And as a coach, you know, you think you're, okay, I got I to gotta be strong. I got to do all these things right and show people the, you know, I, I live this is how I live. I do these things and that's how I live. And uh, then all of a sudden it didn't work. <laughs> like nothing, nothing I have taught people worked for three hours. Yeah. And um, it was, it was eye opening. It was, it was very real. And yeah. Sometimes you just got to put in the time Oof, and it was, wait it out. I mean, it, w- it the next morning I was fine. Yeah. Um, you know, and I can joke about it now, but. Sleep will have that effect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was very real though. So did you just put an extra zero or you wrong decimal? We ended up with a thousand of them and they're there. Sixteen inch. Those are big. Full color. It's a lot of aluminum. <laughs> a lot of aluminum. Um, and paint. Yeah. And painting time, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. And it came on a palette. So yeah. uh no, but it was and it's fine and we're gonna use it as, you know, marketing and we'll sell them and but it was a moment in my life where all the ten years didn't mean anything for a few hours. Yeah, like I couldn't. I try. I sat on my living room floor and I was crying and I was crying and 
couldn't breathe through my nose, but I'm like, in, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four. I'm falling my Just doing your very best. Doing my very best. And I was like, this is a first world problem. Stop it. Like, I couldn't. I could not come down off the cliff. And sometimes you need to be there. Boy, it was, it was something. I think the advice your husband gave you about feeling the feelings and being, be in the moment, like experience this for real. It, yeah. That was great advice. Yeah, it really was. And it really, I think, helped me accept the situation. It wasn't going to change. I mean, there they are. Can't undo that. Yeah. And um, and not worry about what it looks like to other people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, let other people know. Yeah, Easier I, said than done. I messed up and it, it shook me yeah. to my core. And it wasn't, like I said, it's not the money that's so much, it was... The messing up. You, that's not how you want to see yourself. Yeah. You're the responsible person yeah, who does the I've thing right. I've got my ducks in a row. I'm organized like nobody's business and this slipped through the cracks. Yeah. And, and so it was, it was, it's a, I don't want to say it's a good experience, but it was an experience that I can share then and say, you know, even when you look like you have all your stuff together, even when, when you feel like you have everything under control, something's going to happen and how you yeah. respond to it. You know, I have a question. First, I'm going to preface it with this uh, brief anecdote. I have a dog. She needs to go to the vet periodically. She gets chronic ear infections. I love my dog. I'm a great dog owner. But for some reason, I cannot remember to take her to her her appointments if they are between the hours of noon and 4 p.m. I cannot do it. I have ADHD. That's no excuse. You sh- if you have a fucking dog, you take your dog to the vet. And I cannot do it. And I, it's happened like five times. And I don't miss, I don't miss stuff. I'm not late to stuff. I get to where I'm going to go. And I honestly can't explain it, what it is about the dog. I've missed so many appointments. And so it, it just happened this a week ago today, actually. Uh, I was at work. I knew I had an, I had a, Dropped a dog off at the vet at noon, and I got to be at my acupuncture appointment half an hour after that. I missed them both because something happened at work where that distracted me, and I and then I suddenly adopted the problem of somebody else that they needed to solve, but I was going to solve it for them, and then I decided to go do that, and then missed both of my appointments. <laughs> that to say, the moment I realized I missed another vet appointment, I wanted. I don't. I'm going to say this, even though it sounds horrible, but it is actually the truth. I like, I hated myself so much that it was all I could do to not drive my truck into a tree. And that's not necessary. No. You don't ever need to feel like that. No. Because we all make mistakes. So my question is this, if you were to do that mistake again, how would you react? Knowing what I Knowing what you know now. Um realistically realistically i would probably be more upset about the money than the mistake because it it really it was a really good lesson for me Mm -hmm. it was a really really good lesson on acceptance uh so you're probably not going to do this again obviously no but if you did right so knowing that it was a really good lesson it would feel like you had this amazing opportunity to learn from this lesson and you fucked it up and you did it again. How would you respond to that? Um, I'd, I'd probably just be mad. There, but, there uh, not mad, but I would be like... cannot do anything right. There are people yeah. who everything they try to do yeah. turns to shit. But I know What would you tell those me. people? I know, but you're a, you're a coach. <laughs> right. Um, 
it's I believe it's that mindset. It's that neural pathways. Once you, it, so I love this example. So if you're walking on the dune grass, so you want to do something, you walk across the dune grass. You want to do it again. You walk again. Eventually, you're you're creating trail. You get that nice, easy trail to follow. And once you can start that trail, it gets easier and easier. So if you're doing something repetitive or you feel like you're always screwing up, then you find the thing or the things that you're really good at and you you create that trail with those and you can bring in the things that you don't feel as good at into that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like work somehow work that into, hey, I, yeah, I did that, but but look at this. This is cool. This is this. I can take that perception, mm-hmm. like how you perceive it. Step again, stepping stones. Yeah. So this was a giant stepping stone mm-hmm. for me, and it was it was it was a good thing for me to experience. Yeah, that stuff sucks, but it is good. Yeah, it does help for the it, future, and it showed me even after ten years, I still have work to do. I still have work to. I'll always have work to do. I just didn't know how much. (laughs) The feeling you're describing when you're saying you just couldn't calm yourself down. I I know that feeling so well and I hate it. Oh, I was, I was, I was so mad. I was like, I'm doing all the breath work. I'm doing, I, I know I'm not in danger. Did you try breaking shit? No, I was busy crying on the floor. Um, Well, it's either or. You don't need both. (laughs) So, so I, uh, yeah, I tried breath work. I tried telling myself there's, you know. Well, that you're not work. in danger. You're not like it. It was when it's something that's that's like a really big deal. That doesn't work because you know it's not true. Sometimes you are in danger, right? And, but and, this time I wasn't, and yeah. I couldn't tell my nervous system. You know, after teaching all these people, oh, just do this, and I just hadn't had something that shook me quite quite like that. And yeah. um, you mentioned that you have had issues with relinquishing control. Yes. And that yeah. is something you really have to know how to do in that moment. Yeah. And and it was, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If we can remember that we never had control to begin with. Right. Um, Look, the universe loves chaos. Yeah. yeah. It's, I struggle with that. Order makes sense. Chaos doesn't. Right. But chaos is what we get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all, it, that's the balancing act. It's, it's yeah. constantly between order and chaos, entropy and rebirth i make bookmarks for i read a i read a lot of books and so i make bookmarks with quotes that i like and one of my favorite bookmarks is just says embrace chaos yeah that's a good advice i mean really actually it's great advice because if you do that's that's where all the raw materials are that's how you build the future you want yep it's that's and and if this hadn't happened i wouldn't have had the opportunity to have this growing experience so yeah that's the way to, to frame everything that bad that happens to you it, it, once you've been able to process it, yeah, you can't have you can't have growth without change. Yeah, I I have experience where I have tried to do that too quickly before I have actually digested the issue or digested the 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 stress or the the suffering and uh, tried to just put a happy face sticker on it right away. Be like, yep, this was good for me overall, and that doesn't work very well. But if you actually let yourself feel the feelings, yeah. just like we're talking about, yeah. and then at the end of it, you're like, well, that was that, and that's now moving on to this thing, and yep. take the parts of it you can and leave the rest behind. Can't really beat that. Well, all right, yeah. we're about two hours in. Do you have anything else you need to cover before we wrap this thing up? Mm, I don't think so. I just want to say... I had something really cool happen this week. Oh, I would love to hear about it. So, do you know Jen Sincero? Mm-mm. Uh, she does the You Are a Badass books. I haven't read those. Oh, they're amazing. I've seen them in okay. the bookstore. 
I am Jen Sincero's Badass of the Week. Wow. I got uh, the whole shout out for... Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I thought that was pretty cool. Is she that is on my, uh, social media? Uh, Instagram, yeah. Instagram, cool. She is my um, favorite. Like, if I had to say what coach would I most like want to be like, it would be her. And so, coming from her, that was like... Do you have a book cool. recommendations? Like, what, what are her books? Uh, well, she does You Are a Badass, You're a Badass with Money, You're a Badass with Habits. She's got like four of them. Okay. And I would say You Are a Badass, period. I mean, that's hands down my favorite, but, um, you know, it just I've got so many Audible credits. I'm going to get that book. Yeah, it's great. And then if you're, um, you know, if you have money issues, like, it's all a mindset. Yeah. It really is. And part of what I do with my coaching clients is I have them write a love letter to money if they're having struggles. Uh, it's easier for a man, wait, it's easier to pass a camel through the head of a needle right. than for a man who loves money to get into heaven. Right. But, and I'm not saying money can buy happiness, but money will buy less stress. Money will buy things that- Money will, is not evil. No, it's, money it's is- making money an idol and, and making it your all, be, a, be all and all. But the people who can't seem to get ahead and they're having all these struggles and it's, and if you go, if you look at their habits and their beliefs- Typically, somewhere in the background, they've got somebody saying, they're thinking like money's bad, money's bad, or you're never going to get out of this. So you have to just kind of change how they look at money and how they feel about money. Yeah. So that makes total, total sense. So that's one of the, one of the things in my workbook. Yeah. Money is a weird one because yeah. it, it, it's different for so many different classes of people and it just changes regardless yeah. of who you are. It, it it's not always the same. Right. People, yeah, you can people win. Don't use it the you same. can win the lottery and be the most million or be the most miserable person around. Yeah. Or it you can certainly like, doesn't buy happiness. Yeah. It just gives you choices. It's it, like tokens for choice in the world. Yeah. And yeah, and it and it reduces your stress. I mean, unless you you can you know, buy more stress. Yeah, with you it can too. buy more stress, but I think it just it buys freedom. The security that comes with yeah. uh, knowing that you can take care of yourself yeah. is freedom in itself. Yeah. yeah. I think it absolutely buys freedom. Yeah, I agree. Well, all right. Thank you so much for coming. This thank has been you. a delight. Thank I you, really appreciate you. you being here. It's been awesome being here and we would love to come back. Yeah, I would love to have you back. Cool. All right. Thanks, again. thanks a lot. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Ramble by the River. If you did, it really helps us out if you leave us a rating or a review. Like us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And if you want to get more involved and support the show, you can subscribe to our Patreon page for exclusive content, bonus episodes, and a Ramble by the River t-shirt with every Royal Rambler subscription after three months. Instructions for how to join are at ramblebytheriver.com. Click the subscribe link. And it's easy peasy lemon squeezy. Thanks again for listening. Come back next week. Bye. Can't nobody take me here and I